girls in this one now. Exactly. <laughs> and with that, I say welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. <laughs> I know. I am one of your hosts, Eric, and this is episode 127 for the love of Star Wars. Um, I know. Look at that. There was so much enthusiasm behind that because we are you know, days away from episode nine, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. So joining me this week is the ever loveful of Star Wars, Steve, Gus, Matt, and Hawk. Hey. <laughs> I was going to stop hey, just at you, Steve, but I was like, no, I can't do that to him. Um, uh, so I, you I always on, do. I don't know why. No, nah, we got some, we we got some good people here. We have a wider range of fans. Like I'm pretty sure we've all had Star Wars in our lives for such a long time. So we start this episode like we start every episode, at least the last four or five, whatever, with our, what are we really into? So let's start with Matt. What's good, Matt? I'm naming the, this what's good. I like instead it. Of, instead Yay. of what's your young. No, what? da, 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 da. Oh. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. What's good? What's good, Matt? What are you into um, right now? I am, I am more than a little invested in The Force Awakens. Not The Force Awakens. God, that's Jedi. All in order. <laughs> wow. That's no. a Freudian slip of... Uh... Yeah. If, if Anyways, only the I Force Awakens was as good as uh hey, we're gonna get to that. Yeah. yeah, we will get to that later. Uh no, I'm really, really, uh really into Jedi Fallen Order right now. I'm apparently according to some other people here, about two thirds of the way through it. Yeah, yeah, you're you're pretty much there. I, I um, can't tell from from playing it. It just it gets frustratingly entertaining for me. That that planet is the one you're on. Yeah. Um which is a spoiler, so we won't say it. Um, yeah, yeah. Is actually referenced in one of the later trilogy movies. I will tell yes. you about that later. Um, yes. Hawk, what are you into right now? Uh, hopefully, I'm not stealing this one away from you, but uh, the, uh, the Watchmen. Uh, uh, so after, good. <laughs> after episode seven, I've been puzzling over in my head since like the, since the final two minutes. Not, is there a new episode today? Because it's, uh, there is a new episode thanks, tonight. Good. Uh, yeah. Good. So um, as soon as this is done, we will be talking about this later tonight. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Gus. What are you into right now? Right now, we have started rebinging Marvel Agents of Shield. Oh, so, cool. nice. are all of the seasons on Disney Plus? They are actually they're on. Uh, we're watching it on Crave. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have it. So we're on. Nice. Uh, we just started season two. Like we just flew through the first twenty-two episodes, I guess. So nice, mm. cool. Yeah, it's kind of nice to play catch up a little bit. Did you finish it? Were you like? No, in, we got through uh, up to season four originally, I think. And then we just decided, you know what? Let's just try and pick yeah. back up. And then we thought, oh, we'll just start back at the beginning because I don't remember. <laughs> the first season was good. It was I, fantastic. Yes. It's and like I'm Heroes. Watching, yeah. And it's like, what happened? <laughs> Where did you guys go? <laughs> you know what? The Ghost Rider episode, uh, season was pretty good yeah. uh, for, for like the first half. That was Ghost right. Rider. And then they did the Ava stuff in the second half, which was not as like, great. Yeah. And then. But the Ghost Rider stuff was good. I'm sad that that show got canned, the uh, Ghost yeah. Rider one. So, Steve, the final. Oh, like, oh uh, the actually, final. what do you want to? Not too much because uh, I was overseas. So I'm just uh, I'm I'm into uh, jet lag right now. That's fine. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Lots of <laughs> pretty good funky sleep. And yeah, I just woke up actually uh, about an hour <laughs> oh ago. God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, uh, it's just the same as last week. Uh, it uh, I'm. I got, I jumped in my car. I had some audiobooks loaded and I was like, oh yeah, Warhammer 40 K. So yeah. same, same as before, but I'd really missed it. And I was like, holy cow. I love these audiobooks. Horus Heresy. Fantastic. So that's I, me. I actually just downloaded an audiobook on audible.com. You know, you can get your free trial at audibletrial.com slash geeks with kids, get a free 30 day trial or a free audiobook or, and a free audiobook. I, I don't know, remember the spiel. 
Anyway, nice segue. Um, so I just uh, I downloaded the new Star Wars one, the one with Wedge, um, the one that's supposed to lead into Episode Nine. But I haven't listened to it, so that's not really my um my um. So what's good? Oh, dude, really? <laughs> oh, I slipped. <laughs> um, but I have been playing a lot of Battlefield Five, which is oh, really strange. Cool. Um, it's, well, it's good now. It's good. It's really it took a year. Good. They've yeah. been adding stuff, and yeah, they finally finished the game. The one thing I've found is on PC. There's a lot of cheaters, <laughs> like a oh, lot. No. Where I'd be oh, like, no. "How did that bomber know I was there? I was oh. in the middle of a field crouching. <laughs> There's oh, no. no way you found me and killed me." But you know that only happens ever so often, and I and I get to play with some people, which is nice. You know, playing that type of strategic type game is yeah different. You, need, you don't you don't really get to do that. So. Yeah, no, no, it is so much better when you can actually talk to people and just make it a you know a group. Yeah. Like I was playing with two other people, uh, my buddy Colin and his brother Brian. And we were coordinating attacks. Like we were all in different areas. Like one would be in a bomb, one would be in a plane and he would be spotting things. And then one person would be in a tank and the other person would be like fixing things or healing people. It was really, really something that I haven't done in a long time. It makes me want to play siege, but I know I'd be worse at siege. (laughs) So as I said earlier, (laughs) we are doing our Star Wars episode leading into episode nine. So we wanted to talk, do a little celebration or at least talk about our history uh, with it. Uh, so in May of 1977, George Lucas released his love letter to the B-movies he had watched as a child, and he named it Star Wars, an epic space opera franchise, which began with the eponymous Star Wars, later subtitled A New Hope. The film quickly garnered a rabid fandom. It was followed by The Empire Strikes Back in 1980 and then Return of the Jedi in 1983. It then Ooh. expanded into various TV series, video games, comic books, um, regular novels, and of course, more movies later in the 90s and then into the 2000s. Yeah, so much stuff. The franchise actually holds the, the Guinness World Record for the most successful, the most successful film merchandi- merchandising franchise ever. So No shock there. Yeah, no yeah. shock. And George Lucas was quite the genius for asking for 100% of the merchandising <laughs> deal from Fox when he had originally negotiated getting it made. Yeah, <laughs> he, he did yeah. it for cheaper so that he could get the merchandising stuff he knows how to sell that yeah. is a smart there was, uh, that was a on, good move on netflix there's the show toys that made us they do an episode on mm-hmm. the star wars franchise wars. it's in it is honestly it's really really eye-opening Neat. to see. fascinating and it covers cool. that whole like that whole arc and deal about why <laughs> that was the deal that he made and how yeah. all of a sudden it took off it's, it's a great episode definitely watch mm-hmm. it it's, mm-hmm. i like how cool, mark cool. hamill was also like hey what's that is that a toy of me can yeah. i have all of those <laughs> he just kept on getting toys of himself, or at least the Star Wars toys, because That's he was awesome. Luke Skywalker. So they yeah. didn't want to say no to him. Obviously. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they actually gave him the figures. That would have yeah. been so much worse. <laughs> yeah. No, could you imagine you saying no? It. Oh man. So let's talk about our earliest memory of Star Wars. Do you remember what it was like the first time you saw Star Wars? For me, I was. It's probably one of the earliest memories, and I don't really remember it because I was two when I saw Return of the Jedi. I remember seeing the poster in this old movie theater in Niagara Falls. I grew up in Niagara Falls originally before moving to St. Catharines. And I saw that. I remember seeing teddy bears running around. And that's uh. all I could really remember from Return of the Jedi. So it sort of just has been like permeated through my whole being since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, does anyone want to share their story of the earliest um, memory of it? Oh, I'll go. Why not? It's a little bit fun that way. Yeah. Um. My my memories are very mixed, and part of it's because of the the head trauma when I was a child. So it's I don't have a cohesive memory of anything before six. Um, 
I do know that I, I at three, I think I was three or or four. I can't remember what the release date was. I did see uh, Jedi in theaters. 1983, May. May. So yeah, I, I was I was turning three, so I'd have been two. I definitely know I was taken to see Jedi in theaters because mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. We, we had to drive around most of Hamilton and Burlington to find a theater we could get in that wasn't sold out. Yeah, mm. I can I remember imagine. that that being a thing, which was I thought was hilarious. Um, I also but um, Star Wars, like the original Star Wars was kind of a go to when we, we'd always go to my my dad's parents for Christmas Eve tradition we've had for years. I talked about it in the Christmas episode last year. We would always watch Star Wars. Mm hmm. Not Empire Strikes Back. Not Return of the not Return of the Jedi. It was always Star Wars because it was my grand. It was one of my grandfather's favorite movies. So it would always be on, whether it was on TV or I think when he finally bought a a Beta Max and got the the Beta <laughs> tape, he put it on because nice. He was a Beta guy, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I always remember that. We'd always we would always end up watching it. That's amazing. nice. Yeah. Cool. I remember the Betas too. They were cute. Like they had the best covers for Star Wars too because they had the yeah. old school. They had the posters OG on art. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyone else want to share their earliest memory of Star Wars? I was, I was, let's see, I was a year old. Yeah, I was a year (laughs) old and uh, Star Wars came out, so I didn't see the original. Uh, I did go see Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi at the theater. And it was, I mean, from a kid, I had Star Wars blankets, you name it. I had Mm -hmm. the action figures, I think, as soon as they started to come out. I mean, I think I had every single action figure that ever came out from it. Um, I used to use the coffee table that I'm talking to you guys on right now as a speeder. Like it was just ah, you know, nice. that's crazy. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. I think it's kind of like superheroes. It's been around forever. You just kind mm-hmm. of, you're immersed in it. There's no finite defining moment. I don't think it's just, it's always been part of it. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still but, have my, my blankets and my old like 1977 ones, which I inherited from my cousin. Cause I wasn't alive. That's They're cool. still like, like in my closet somewhere. I love them. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Hawk? Steve? Uh, Hawk, Hawk let's first, go. With, but... Yeah, Hawk, go. Okay. Uh, so I was two when the first one came out. Um, and Empire was big in our household and that, although I, I'm still having trouble remembering the exact time I actually saw it. Because uh, mm. I know it was, I know we saw it in the theater at some point in that, but you know, not in any like, kind of opening night or anything like that. But, you know, the three years since like... B- with Empire to return and that Star Wars was so huge in our house. The memory I most associate with it uh, actually was, uh, it's a little weird. I had an accident when I was a kid. I fell and hit my teeth against a, a tub and that in a fall. Yeah. And I had to have some, you know, some very scary dental surgery at that uh, young age. Uh, but during the recovery period and that I remember my mom came home with a box and that, you know, it was kind of wrapped up in brown paper and that she had been to the Eaton Center and that. And she had bought me the Tauntaun. Oh, yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah, that's my, get, that's my get well present. And Return of the Jedi we saw in the theater and that. I remember all the ads in it. Uh, even remember the ads that were, you know, advertising it as Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But we saw Jedi it, probably the opening weekend uh, at the Tivoli down on James. Cool. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Um, I think I may be getting something jumbled in my head because I just looked it up and I guess I would have been four when Empire came out because I feel like I saw that in the theater and I didn't quite understand it. And I'm wondering whether I'm getting it confused with maybe later I went to see Return of the Jedi. But the fact is, 
mostly my Star Wars toys were from Empire, so I think it must have been from that era because I, I I only have like you know um, uh, pilot Luke and Han and Winter Coat right and IG eighty mm-hmm. eight you know and Boba Fett those are my four favorite well I didn't have nice. any more than that uh, that was those are primarily my action figures and I always remembered that Han because of the way the plastic was uh, was done he was like a, a blue uh, plastic mold. So his face was painted on and he had like this kind of jaundice look compared to, <laughs> compared to Luke, else. right? Because yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like pale. But nevertheless, I just, I love those, those action figures. And um, yeah, so uh, that's, I, I didn't understand what was happening in that movie, but it was uh, very exciting. And the only other memory I have actually is from maybe slightly after that, it was the world premiere of Star Wars on network television <laughs> and they made such a huge deal about it oh, and they yeah. had like literally i think like half an hour of like preamble of like nothing but like interviews of people on the street and all this stuff just to like play this on tv and mm. i taped it on betamax Next and <laughs> uh, the one thing i still remember is they they interviewed these people on the street and they interviewed this chinese guy and uh uh and just for full disclosure i'm asian so i can get away with this um, he, uh, and they were just like, so how many times have you seen Star Wars? Right. And the guy's just like, uh, Star Wars, 22 times. And oh, no. <laughs> I've been making that joke for the rest of my life. I mean, this whole time I've been making that joke. So that's, that's the only answer for how many times you've seen Star Wars. <laughs> that's right. When, when was it released on network, uh, television? That, like that I don't remember now. I need okay. to look it up, but it was the first time they actually played, played, uh, the first uh, movie on TV. I, yeah, I wonder if it was before, um. <laughs> Return or after return? It was uh, it was after it was after was return. It? Yeah, because oh, yeah. I because I remember watching it on TV. So it had to be after eighty six. Yeah, because yeah. I have it on VHS too, like taped off the TV. Because sure. there are parts yeah. that I don't remember, like when I first saw it in. Yeah, I guess later when I got the THX versions, so I was right. like, "What was this?" Okay, I guess these parts Man, exist. Part <laughs> well, they also, yeah. I mean, that was also back, especially when they released on network. That was back when they weren't necessarily they, they wouldn't cut the movies down but keep major points yeah Pretend they would just literally like oh we have to hit a commercial and they just cut out of the movie <laughs> yes do the commercials and then come back and in wherever back it happened to be they weren't yeah. really worried about linear storytelling They're like yeah. no it's on tv but yeah. deal with it yeah yeah exactly ads sure. were more important mm. yeah. still still oh, yeah. um, enough. so i don't really want to go over each of the individual original trilogy films because you know Everyone, I assume everyone has seen it. If not, well, we'll we have a segment at the end, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, end. Yeah, to help you get into it. But there's something special about those three films, at least for me. And I want to talk to you guys about what made that original trilogy special to you guys. Was there some? Is there a sequence in there that you're just like, you know, that's the perfect moment in cinema for me? Like th- that, I, I use that as an example because for me, when Luke looks out in, at the setting suns on Tatooine with the music. Of John Williams behind it, that mm. is my perfect moment in, in mm. cinema. I think sure. everything him look lo- like longing for the future, missing his friends, and hoping for what happens, and then the yeah. music score, like John Williams, his perfect force theme behind that, and just the mm-hmm. cinematography. Which you know, George Lucas is not a great director, but he did really good mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's sort of the scene that yes is the scene for Star Wars for me. Yeah. When yeah. I think of Star Wars, I think of that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, for sorry? me, it's the Empire Strikes Back reveal, mm-hmm. right? Sure. I mean, obviously everybody knows it now, but that whole moment where Luke is just completely devastated by this news, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. it's one of those like, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. 
And this is what kind of, to me, mapped out these twist endings in movies like The Sixth Sense and stuff like that, right? So sure, like, sure. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Right? How can this happen? What the, you know, what's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. My being, mind is blown, you know? And yeah, I said, being that into that cool. moment and those characters and then having that, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and after, especially that person had been hunting him for such a long time, like it had been three years since, Mm-hmm. I think they did it in actual years. Yeah, it was, they so did it in real three time. years yeah. since A New Hope. You can can you imagine that being like, yeah? By the way, hi, you dad. <laughs> what? <laughs> I cut off your hand because you've been bad. So yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't imagine. Oh, I, I I wish I was there at that moment in theaters when that came out. Sure. Yeah. Could you yeah. imagine? It's like literally that. Oh my god, moment. Right. Like what? What? Yeah, it's almost on par with the whole demise of Mr. Han Solo for for me. Right, it was like a what? Hang on here. What? What is going on? Right. Yeah. yeah I'm, confused, I'm sad. I, <laughs> it's a bit of everything. What about what about Steve? Steve, Matt, Hawk. Uh, so for me, my kind of perfect Star Wars sequence was from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Luke on Dagobah, and that. Um, because uh, for me, Luke is always kind of my eyes and kind of my entry point into the, into the film. My brother was more of a Han Solo guy. And that. I was always uh, Team Luke. But basically the whole sequence was running into Yoda and that, you know, or, you know, at the time, the stranger that we didn't know was Yoda. We knew he was seeking Yoda and that. Uh, but the reveal, you know, the, I think the, the reveal of Yoda in that film was much more kind of eponymous for me or, you know, epic for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Because like you know, it, 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 the impatience of Luke was like kind of mirror, like mirroring like my feelings at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to meet Yoda. Where is Yoda? Who is this strange old man in that? And well, then, he's like, bothering me. Creature. I know. And then <laughs> why is he, he hitting R two with a stick? <laughs> <laughs> but when he raises his his head into the air, and then. <sighs> Oh yeah. yeah. Can I teach yeah. the boy? Yeah. And then you hear Obi-Wan's voice and that there was yeah, that was for me was that magical moment in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. What about you, Matt? Um uh, it's, there's so many, it's very tricky. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's hard, eh? Yeah. I'm trying to think on honest you know what? Uh I think it, well there there's two. The one that uh, the best moment for me that always sticks there is when um they all go, they're all about to go sit down for dinner at cloud city yes because mm-hmm. oh sure yeah this very moment where you've always had like the good guys are you know the, these are the good guys the imperials you can identify them in a heartbeat you know who the bad guys are and you know he's like oh we're with lando he's a good guy they're friends it's fantastic and the door opens and vader's just standing there yes. you join us and it's just like oh my god this his friend just turned on him yeah Mm-hmm. That's not like the, I was a kid. That's when I was like, you don't have that kind of betrayal comprehension. I was like, yeah, yeah really good friends. What do you yeah. mean? Working with yeah. the bad guys all. Oh no. Yeah. Um, so that for me always kind of really stands out in my head as the like, Oh God, this is such a, I, and that plus, I mean, there's the, it would have been in that in empire as well. Mm-hmm. The other one I have, and this is just the one I, I loved the, the very beginning of the very first movie. Of, of Star Wars mm-hmm. because it was that that wonderful like nod to the old serialized science fiction shows which say that we're going to start you on episode four mm. so you're not going to yeah. know what happened before this or what might happen <laughs> after it it's a it's a, this standalone chunk of a story yeah it's brilliant yeah. because I will never believe that Luke is like no I planned to write six movies no yeah. you didn't no no, no. <laughs> well you, he 
Yeah, no, he did. He, he had a story, but he's like, yeah. I want to do this chunk of it. And that was yeah. always his intention. Everything yeah. that came after and before that was an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, the, there's a funny story. He talks about how when he wrote the original script, they're like, this is too long. You can't do this. And he's yeah. like, okay. First half. Yeah, I'm sure that he had Gungans <laughs> in mind when he wrote it. No, back. no, no. I'm talking about the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah. the original, original trilogy, trilogy. yeah. Not, yeah. not the not the thing. Um, no, no, like, but you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. the starting yeah. episode four was always meant to be a nod to like the Flash Gordon serialization. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah nothing sure. to do with he had six chapters written. In no, his no, head. no, no. For sure, for sure, he didn't. So I, I, that's the only thing that always made me mad about the prequel trilogy was that no, it was yeah. never meant to happen. Right. I think I, I think I remember seeing him saying, "Yeah, there are six films, but it's not the three films before; it's the three films after." Yeah, it was four, want five, you to be, oh, seven, eight, be seven, eight, nine because because he wanted the Emperor to come in seven, right? And like yeah. there are other things that happen, like when they were mm. much older. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he ended up condensing some of that. Anyway, right, that's yeah, that's right. that's stuff up. for another day when that's we talk another, about the, the legends of Star Wars. What mm. about you, Steve? Uh, well, you guys have already kind of nailed a lot of the moments that come to mind. I mean, uh, I have to agree with you, Eric. Uh, that moment when Luke is looking at the the setting suns, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just a beautiful, poignant moment, and I do feel that that really captured a lot of i think the emotional weight and i guess my the thing that connects me most to star wars is the Mm -hmm. the feeling of those main characters like and i mean i and i guess the only other thing i can think of because every all the scenes you guys have said are like yeah just awesome powerful scenes in their own ways Mm -hmm. uh my i guess the only other one i can think of which is maybe less so but really stuck with me and ironically is more relevant right now was the introduction of the bounty hunters it's so funny we're all talking about empire you know yeah um Mm -hmm in that movie because you still don't really know much about them by the end of it. But yeah, I, I just came away from the movie going like, I saw these guys for 10 seconds. I want to know everything about them because <laughs> yeah. something about the expansion. Cause the original film, yeah, it's a very small incident. Like off in the universe, you still feel a bigger universe, but it's from the perspective of a farm boy. Right. So it's, it's quite mm-hmm. limited. Right. And you get brought into the greater universe of the force of the empire. Right. Thing. But uh, but Empire really was the first movie that actually showed like the military might right of the Empire and the mm-hmm. Greater Rebellion right and then yeah there's like these colorful weird characters who are like these professional like what I didn't know what the word bounty hunter meant right yeah and so that's where and I they learned look that so from. different right yes yeah. each one was yeah. so unique and they all looked really cool especially mm-hmm. exactly. you're just like I want every single action figure of you. yeah exactly exactly like, I mean the aliens in the Mos Eisley Cantina was always you know one of those moments of course where you just go whoa you know mm. but you know just because they, they brought in all these like weird comic book artists to design them and so they ended mm-hmm. up with such a weird menagerie right but yeah no the bounty hunter stuck with me because I, I always was into the idea of these like characters these rough interesting people with all different mm-hmm. backgrounds you know uh, and uh, and anyway, now we have the Mandalorian, so it's yeah. full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we're not gonna talk about um, the contributions of Ralph McQuarrie, but mm. like mm. everything that we've talked about, pretty much was designed. Yeah, him. like he did <laughs> right. all of the pre-production art for the original <laughs> trilogy, and his art style is so so influential in Star yeah. Wars and future um, mm. science fiction that it's just you can't mm. you can't measure it. It's immeasurable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like the original trilogy that I think really permeates my soul. Like mm-hmm. we had talked previously about how um, the idea of this force was something in the original trilogy, at least um, that it being connected to us and us being connected to everything that it's something that I had brought into my everyday life. And um, I know a lot of people feel like I, I know definitely a lot of Australians do that. 
considering it's one of the official religions in Australia. <laughs> um, so, with the end of Return of Jedi in 1983 and the first big re-release of Star Wars many, many years away, there was not nothing really for us Star Wars fans, you know, in, in the media. But that's when the Star Wars Extended Universe really flourished. So we got new books, we got new comic books, um, we got some cartoons in the form of Ewoks and droids. Right. Did you guys, and there are video games, obviously. <laughs> Did you guys ever get into any of this extended universe stuff? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Steve, you start. Oh, I don't want to start, but. You start uh, because you are the most excited. <laughs> damn it. Well, my favorite thing were the Ewoks movies. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> although, I mean, you know, we're talking about the, 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 the wandering, you know, the wilderness years, let's call it, you know, yeah, yeah. where there really wasn't anything really, you know, substantial. Uh, but there was still so much stuff that came out, right? And yeah, I mean, obviously, when the Ewoks movie came out, I was just like, I want more Star Wars, you know? And I watched it, and I was like, that was kind of strange, and then I forgot about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like I like the comics. I mean, that's a mixed bag, right? You know, uh, Marvel, was it Marvel that got the publishing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, originally. Yeah. And so they just, they just churned off, like, random stories, like, about, you know, like, I still remember one about Wedge, you know, before mm. there was any real mm. canon information about it, because he gets mentioned a couple times, and he shows up in all the movies. Who is this yeah. guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, the only effective rebel pilot they had. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, for me, it was uh, the video games. And I'm, I'm going to leave a little bit of that for you guys to talk about, too. No, no, um, just start. Well, no, I, I don't remember um, some of it. Because we can always well. go off of what you're, you, you, sure. you, you remember, right? Well, I mean, obviously, the, the big one for me was, uh, you know, X-Wing. Um, and then TIE Fighter, which mm. I thought was superior. I mean, I was really into those space shooters anyway because mm-hmm. of Wing Commander, which will be a funny reference later. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, X-Wing and uh, TIE Fighter were just, uh, because they just had a little bit of story, just enough lore, you know, yes. enough connection mm-hmm. to the books at the time too, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I didn't actually read the books. But, uh, but yeah, through the graphic novels uh, and just role-playing games and some of these uh, loose video games. Um, and uh, yeah, there was just enough there out there that you could pick and choose. And like, uh, I guess another one was, was it Jedi? Jedi Knight? Jedi Knight? Yep. Yeah. Just yeah, because it actually had some live action mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of crappy with the CG, but I still remember when they introduced that one extra Sith Lord who was floating around yeah. um, that that planted some ideas for the future. So yeah, anyway. yeah it was really cool. So X-Wing, which uh, Steve mentioned earlier was, Created by Lucas Arts. Lucas Arts mm. was a video game company that Lucasfilm had created to, you know, to explore the video game industry uh, and using their properties. So they did Star Wars, they did um, Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones, but they also did their own original things like Secret of Monkey Island. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. the good stuff, Maniac Mansion stuff. They had a lot of amazing video games back in the nineties. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one day we'll do a video game episode about this because it's a lot to cover. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They had a huge but, impact, yeah. Yeah, definitely for me, um, the the extended universe, I definitely got into the books. I got into really everything because I was a really big Star Wars fan, um, but the video games were very influential on me. I remember seeing the first, when they did uh, Rebel Rebel Assault in the early 90s, that's probably around right. 93, 94, um, they had filmed the first live action footage that they had done for anything mm. Star Wars since 1982. Mm. So, mm. so right before the release in 1983. Um, then they brought back it for Jedi Knight 2 in 1997, like mm-hmm. Steve had said. But a lot of the books I I really followed because you want to you have your heroes and you want to follow their adventures, right? Right. Yeah. And they got married, they had kids, and you want to he- see what happens to them. And you know, 
this is stuff that they could have mined. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Morehawk, Gus, anything from the extended universe you guys were really dug? Um, I I am to this day a massive fan of uh the 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 acclaimed Zon trilogy. Uh, uh, Timothy Zahn's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. heir to the Empire. Yes. Yeah. Best, um, some of the best characters, new yes. new characters, and yeah. and and for the longest time was considered like the the trilogy, the the, the, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. it it picked up every and the, the sort of basis for everything that happened afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah, so all goes back to what happens um, in the era of the Empire uh, trilogy. Yeah. Uh, was always a huge fan of that. That plus, like you know, the one offs, like you know, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Tales from the Maz Eisley Cantina, like the the one shots. Right, where it kind of covered like this supplementary character, this random person that you see for thirty seconds that gave them their spin story. Yeah, yeah, they were a lot of fun for sure. Those were a lot better than some of the connected ones because I think a yes. lot of the connected ones were like, "Where do we go from that other author?" Well, yeah. let's figure it out here. Uh, mm. But yeah, especially Tales of the Bounty Hunters because it really went through like all those characters that everyone that, yes. that everyone loved and gave them histories and stories where you learned who they were and they became, exactly. As popular as the as the one bounty as Boba Fett, who was you know the only one that you see more than once yeah. in that that sequence, mm-hmm. but you find out all this connected stories and all that, which was very very cool. I was always a fan of those books, um, and then of course you know they have like the the later on the like Knights of the Old Republic. And, uh, yeah, there we go. All oh, those those awesome like pre prequel games, like you know the ones that dealt with all you know when there was Jedi everywhere in the world and no right. One those are always kind of neat to me to see like the old old ways mm-hmm. uh, hopefully the films in the future will cover those old republic times maybe know, maybe not benioff and um weiss were supposed to do an old republic mm-hmm. like a super old republic movie yeah. but you know they got scared or whatever i don't know yeah. um, i don't know netflix gave them a lot of money so they're good yeah, yeah, yeah they vote them <laughs> i'd, I'd be happy to see them do the knights of the old republic mm-hmm. storyline like, you know, the, yeah, that'd be kind of neat to watch. Yeah, the Revan arc would be kind of cool. To, as to long as they don't screen. have to write it, I think it's fine. Well, it's they, they already written. They just need to cast it and turn it into a series. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Gus Huck? For me, it was uh, probably the same. Um, a lot of the books that came out, you know, I kind of read through pretty quickly. Um, when uh, X-Wing came out, that was... I wasn't a big gamer per se, but I think it was the first game that I could sit on my old, whatever it was, you know, 128 or whatever the hell it was it came out on and, and you know, played it for hours and would yeah. sit there and, you know, be like, Hey, I got to get home to, because you were, it was cool. I was flying an X-Wing. Like this is what I've always wanted. I used to crawl under my coffee table and pretend, like I said earlier, <laughs> pretend it was a speeder. So, you know what I mean? Like this was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. So yeah, yeah, that nice. made it fun. Right. So that was probably my biggest. Do you, do you guys remember the old arcade game where they had the cockpit and you, yeah. you'd yeah. Be shooting the vector thing? Yes. I used to, when I was like six or seven, it used to be like where my quarters just went <laughs> all the time. I was like, I'm flying an X-Wing. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. And it was the worst video game. I'll drop one one of my favorite anecdotes. It's not even that, but it's similar to that. It was the one thing that whenever we would go on, like, it was again, we, but we were, I was a kid, like I was maybe like seven, eight, maybe even nine. Uh, whenever we would drive, and it had to be in the winter, uh, we'd always ask my dad if we could go to light speed, which and remember this was in the 80s. <laughs> and this is in like 
I think it was, <laughs> it was, it was a station wagon. I couldn't even tell you what the model was, but it was not a good idea, but he would speed the car up yep. when it was mm-hmm. snowing and turn on the high beams. When you're going, <laughs> nice. When you're doing yeah. a station wagon with the high beams on all the snow coming at you. Yeah. Like, it was always yeah. my personal favorite. It was like, let's go to light speed. He's like, yeah. and my mother would be like, you're going to kill us all. Yeah. yeah, I actually have a similar story. Like my dad, we had a Mazda six two six when I was growing up, yeah. but not during the winter. But there was this random button that didn't do anything on the dashboard, yeah. and I, I used to press him, be like, "Let's go to hyperspeed or hyperspeed, or whatever." And I yeah. press, and my dad would go faster, <laughs> be like, "Yay!" And now I don't Aww. like speed, but <laughs> I don't know if those are connected, but they could be. Uh, <laughs> Hawk, uh, what about you? Do you have any? Um, did you get into extended universe or anything? Uh, extended universe didn't really go too far into the childhood, but I do remember droids. I always like watched that when I was a kid, and mm. it, like when I'm looking back, it was a little shocked because I looked and there's only 13 episodes, but like it just seemed to be on forever. <laughs> really, there's, there's only 13. 13? Yeah, Man, that's crazy. Huh. Well, you know, it's funny. All cartoons when we were growing up always seemed like they went on forever, but they literally yeah. only had like 10 or 12. two seasons or yeah. something yeah, yeah. of five episodes. But what what an intro song, though, right? I mean, that's like that's got to be one of the best 80s uh, cartoon intros I, ever. I gotta mm. admit, I don't remember the droids one, but oh, I remember I the Ewoks. One. Well, everyone remembers. Well, Ewoks ran longer, so it's e- yeah. E- 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 well, Ewoks was more of a Ewoks. traditional one, but I need yeah. to find this droids thing. So you guys keep going. I'm just gonna look this All up. All right, so. So after the extended um, universe started to flourish, we started to see a really big resurgence of Star Wars in the mid-90s. That's because Lucasfilm decided to re-release and remaster all of the original trilogy films on VHS. So this was called the THX edition, and was the last chance that you could buy the original vision yeah. of, of George Lucas, and they marketed it that way. Do you guys remember seeing the trailer for this? Because like, it was yep. everywhere. They released oh, it in yep. theaters. I got my copy. It's sitting yeah. on the shelf right now. Yeah. yeah, I have my copy back there, too. It was, oh, I, it was, I remember it coming out, and I remember being like, really? This, like, they're, they're not going to sit on They'll They won't sit on this forever. They'll re-release it again. Yeah. Yeah. I had no clue what was down coming down the pipeline. It's like, no, I mean, I'll get it, but sure, like, it's not going to be the only time you're ever going to be able to get these. Yeah. It was, I remember going to, there was a place in St. Catharines called that's entertainment and there yes. was a silver box and a gold box and they're like mm-hmm. i'm like why are there two different thx versions mm-hmm. and one just said letterbox on the side i was like thank you vhs yeah. letterbox you're coming with me yeah. and it was from, like the first one i got was aliens but star wars was really close afterwards with the thx versions. isn't it funny how like back at that time when letterbox and vhs was still new that was actually a debate because people yeah. were like well why would you want to watch it with bars on the top and the bottom yeah they yeah, cut off so part of the screen exactly. yeah. like no they don't you're the one watching the cutoffs like no i want i want it to fill my entire you know 18 inch screen yeah. <laughs> exactly so, because the only copy of Star Wars I had for the longest time was that one that I told you guys about with the yeah. Betamax, and it looked awful, right? <laughs> um, and then finally to get like a proper VHS copy, um, I honestly, for most of my life, could not make out the bodies of of Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. <laughs> yeah. And when I finally saw the skeletons smoldering, I was yeah. so shocked. I was like, yeah. holy crap, that was there the whole time? <laughs> yeah. I, I probably felt the same way because... I don't think they showed it on the network TV. Maybe version. not. That's right? the thing. I was yeah, just surprised they might have cut by that. It, yeah. it was a detail that I had not seen before for one reason or another. And, and of course, yeah, my copy was quite muddy, but mm-hmm. like, I was like, holy cow, this is dark, man. I, I wonder if I have the old <laughs> VHS because I would love people. to go and watch 
the TV version. See if they actually <laughs> did cut that out. Yeah. I still have that copy. I just need to find see, see my beta still you works. You need to find a beta machine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those machines just still work. They're like the cockroaches of entertainment. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. So in 1997, we saw the first re-release, big re-release of uh, Star Wars, of the special editions. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of hubbub about this. There were magazines about how George Lucas was going back and using digital technology that he had helped Steven Spielberg with for Jurassic Park, blah, 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 to update Star Wars for the new age, for the new generation. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, <laughs> do you guys remember going to the theater and what your thoughts were when you saw these new scenes? Yes. Yep. Opening night for Star Wars, a new hope. Yep. Yep. I, Cause think? I was so psyched. Cause I had, I, again, I had never seen that movie in theaters. I had always seen. You didn't you know, go I, to the THX re- release when they did no, that? No, not at all. Fair. I, I, again, I was like, it, that's cool, but like, it's, I'll, I'll, it'll come out again. So I was like, whatever. And then <laughs> I was yeah, like, cause it, it, it didn't hold the same. I wasn't like, oh, I must see it in its purest form of the yeah. original way you meant it. I didn't realize <laughs> that there was going to be a massive change when he did the special edition. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then, like, that's he's true. Back. I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm getting into like a, an, a loud verbal argument with people. <laughs> After that movie about um the first of many how dare they like, about you know like, like what do you mean they changed who shot first it doesn't matter oh, man. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't matter like i was very much like because i didn't understand why why would you change yeah. it it didn't matter like han's not supposed to be a nice guy in this yeah you're supposed to be like he's kind of dangerous and kind of seedy and can we <laughs> trust him and what's going on and that was yeah the whole point of that scene now, that being said, <laughs> i loved the the java scene in that i'm so glad they put it back in oh I no i can't I stand it i i loved that only, but again only because it's the like yes there's the conversation with greedo which whatever that's there but to actually have that moment was kind of cool no but he's add- such a punk though java's like got no balls in that scene he's terrible oh well, even the, not ignoring how he, he looks balls, yeah. it was so weird watching han solo float over him yeah and yeah. sort of it's step on him yeah, I, like, I laughed out loud at that like yeah. this was 97 they didn't have yeah. like high-tech cg yeah but you can't step on the character's tail that's what i'm saying I'm without any re- repercussions yeah. but that's why yeah. i thought it was hilarious because i'm like uh, clearly it was when like they had that that jump was there because they had to compensate for the fact that he was walking behind. I, I, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I understand the reasons. It's still just story wise doesn't make any sense. You can't do it for that for a technical no. reason, right? No, I just thought I thought it was funny. So I <laughs> I like that yeah. minus the addition. Like having Boba Fett there was cool, oh. but it makes him more. There was of a, a cheer when I saw. Like, yeah, everyone was like, "Yeah, Boba Fett!" Yeah. I was like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. "It was yeah. neat. It wasn't necessary, but I'm like, it was neat." Yeah. I but, like the. A lot of the remastering they did, which was not, like, other than that, it was very unobtrusive. Like, yeah. They just kind of pepped up things, especially the explosion of the Death Star. Yeah. I like that. That was yeah. how they redid that. The whole, yeah, the, the whole end sequence where they redid all the X Wings and made the fighting more dynamic. Yes. I yes. thought that, that was, was amazing. Awesome. I yeah, loved that. It. I thought cool. that looked great. Um, I, I, I still think it's really strange that um, when they leave Moss Eisley in the Millennium Falcon and they're being chased by the Star Destroyers, they didn't do anything more fancy than moving slightly to the left. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm doing elusive maneuvers yeah. or whatever, evasive maneuvers. And I'm like, mm, yeah. sideways. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. slow, they could have done something merge. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to just insert, like, I think this is where, this is where the first argument started, right. In terms of like, Oh, film purity. Right. Mm, you yeah. know, and, and things like that started to become, it started to make all of us into like film snobs, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. Cause I remember distinctly like getting that feeling, just being like so righteously like indignant about some of these some of these changes and um yeah it's just it's and this was also i think i just want to posit this here because we're going to revisit it where my first inklings of what i call lucasitis started to seep in which is a disease in which you are you are surrounded by nothing but yes men and no constructive criticism reaches mm. you and you start mm. to do whatever the hell you want uh, yeah. even though it's not necessarily for the for the right reasons right yeah yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I disagree about the Java <laughs> thing. And actually, I, you know, I'll say about the Boba Fett thing, too. Yeah, I remember people actually gasped or reacted when Boba Fett walked mm-hmm. out. But this also leads to my first moment of of like going, that was a little bit fourth wall breaking, you know, like a little bit pandery. And I didn't have mm-hmm. that that language at the time. But ever since yeah. then, I've had a huge pet peeve with, mm-hmm. well, it's fan service. That's a term oh, now. Yeah. Right. And yeah, for them to insert him and have him turn to look at the audience and go, yeah, baby, I'm in this movie now too, right? I was just like, oh my God, right? Yeah. Now, I know I'm exaggerating, but it, it would have been cool just to have him in the background. Yeah, exactly. He's been like, cool, he's there. Yeah, yeah. That, That's um, the way you should do it, right? But anyway, anyway, I, I've, I've gone on too long. I, I think when I saw these movies in theaters, I actually brought a date to the second one. That was a, that was a, I don't think that was a smart move as no. a 16 year old, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> My first girlfriend I brought to see Empire Strikes Back who had not was not a Star Wars fan. Oh. Anyway, Yeesh. I thought when I saw the first one, I was like, okay, that was it was neat. It was sort of weird. And then you saw Empire good. and they didn't really change anything. They just made it more dynamic. Yeah. Like they made it I love that they opened up Bespin. Like there were mm-hmm. windows everywhere. You could yeah. see outside. There was like sure sunsets and stuff. They didn't really change anything. So I was like, okay, oh, see, that's the, good. Uh, they also they put Ian McDermott in. Yeah, that was the big yeah, one. Yeah, that, but that, that was, was a good big one. one. That was yeah, a good they, 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 they adjusted a lot. They didn't change anything, but they just yeah. tweaked things a little bit. To and make they, it look no lady with the monkey eyes, um, which is like nice. the um <laughs> the, stupid, the Wampa. They redid that whole scene. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, they, they cut they showed him cutting off his arm. Yeah, well, they actually showed to, it. Yeah. You actually yeah. got to see how let's see what it looked like in like large scale, which was terrifying. But but even then, like it didn't really like they didn't have yeah. like Han Solo moving yeah, oddly yeah. to the left or right. Um, yeah. They didn't add a whole new dance sequence like they did in Return oh, of the Jedi, no. which was oh, no. so out of place so. that I just sat there. It's like, okay, Lucas, that Itis. happened. Jedi rocks, I guess that's the name of the song. Um, yeah. But even, <laughs> but like, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. It was a weird um, emotional year for me. Like there was lots of ups and downs. Uh-huh. I think Return of Jedi had some bad moments, mm-hmm. like for what they fixed but you know more or less it was all right it wasn't but the one thing i will say as much as that jedi rock sequence was abysmally stupid and it was abysmally stupid mm-hmm. um i give full respect for the fact that um i think it was ula was the name of that the yeah, twilight the dancer. dancer yeah they got the actress that played her to come back and redo that sequence and oh, she looked really? better she looked that better was, 20 yeah. years later it's like 20 years after that, she came back and that whole bit where she gets dropped down and you see her in the Rancor pit and her reaction, that was all shot for that special. Oh, movie. I didn't know that. And wow. it was the same actress. So I give them Amazing. full credit for bringing her back to yeah. expand her own role. That was That's cool. Movie. That was cool, yeah. 
And I didn't even know that till like a few years ago. I thought that, that that was for me very, very cool that they gave her that extra bit alongside some stupid ass dance sequence. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Hot Gus? What did you think of those uh, special editions when they came out? Uh, I remember, well, I was like 22 at the time and that. So, you know, I thought it was kind of cool to go back and see what, you know, what they had done in that. But again, I had the same reaction in that. The, the, the Jabba scene and that really put me off and that not only just because he didn't look, but as you pointed out and that, yeah, they neutered the character in that and you couldn't really understand why. Uh, he looked smaller. Did he not look smaller? He, he was smaller. He, was. he looked greener and that like, I know it's his eyes like, were weird. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you, you're seeing like a kind of a young version of him and that by the time we hit to like return the Jedi and that he had just kind of become really fat and corrupt at that. Well, point. I, I think six that, years does a lot to you. Well, yeah. that might have been that, that, years. that was kind of the argument too was the fact that it had, because there had been six years and he was just growing in power. Yeah, that he got to the point where he was just like he'd Orson Welles himself into the I'm not even going <laughs> to yeah. hang out on my throne. Which I mean, sure, if that's the route you want to take and that's how you want to describe it out, awesome, you do you. It, but yeah, it, it was a bit odd that it's like, well, why is he moving here? And then you never see him move again in the Jedi. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. He's at home. Does he have to move? No, he's going to have people do stuff for him. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and um, the other point I want to bring up was, yeah, I remember the whole argument about, oh, Han, you know, who shot first and changing <laughs> it and that, you know, and it kind of dawned on me and like, like that kind of doing that kind of stuff spiraled into a lot of other films later on and mm-hmm. you know like yeah. you know spielberg and that changing the yes the guns and et to exactly mm-hmm. oh. when did that happen did that happen after 2005 it was okay. the first or wait um 2009 maybe it was, yeah, it was what, the first really, blu-ray yeah, it was yeah. Released. Yeah. Yeah. but he went back and changed the back yeah. that's the good thing because everyone he, said it was stupid and then he realized he was stupid so yeah you know, yeah that he has said that he'll never touch Indiana Jones and a remaster or change anything. No, if he did that, he'd be, he'd be just just a lunatic and that, and, you know. Just kinda, give just yeah. give Indy a squirt gun; it'll be fine. Right? You know? <laughs> oh yeah, throw rocks at the Nazis. Gus, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I I remember going to see um, that new special edition or whatever the hell it was called when it came out. The it was cool to see the different effects, but when I went to see it, my first thought was, you know, why are you investing so much? Like, it's one of those, like, again, technology is here. Is that why you're doing it? Because right. you can do it now as opposed to, you know, um, yeah. the integrity of what's going on. Mm. And I think that part of that Lucasitis is, is exactly that, right? It's the, like, we've got tech now, so... I'm just going to go back and redo this movie over and over and over again until I get the version I think I want, which isn't yeah. what people want to see. It's what I want to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he's continued so to do to that see... to Disney plus, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like we're so McGlunky. So... Exactly. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're so uh, in tune with what we're used to, right? Like I love the original. I love that, a, you know, a stormtrooper waxes his forehead off of the door. Yeah. And that is the best blooper to ever make it into a movie. In my opinion, ever. Yeah. You know, because mm. these guys are all supposed to be the same height, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got Bob, the six foot eight guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? But at the end of the day, that's what made the movie good. You know, watching the Stormtroopers equipment, mm-hmm. you know, folding and bending because it's made out of, you know, newspaper <laughs> and whatever. Like, yeah. it was cool for the time that it came out, but because you have all this stuff and it, so as I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, 
again, are you just doing this to add because you can, or are you doing mm. it because it's going to add more to the story? Yeah. Right. There's, yeah. there's, there's something timeless time. about the original special effects, right? They, they <laughs> still feel like good. They still look good. Yeah, but if you, look at the, hold up. if you look at the CG that they've added, a lot of it has gone really bad. Yeah. A lot of it's and dated it, quite yeah. quite badly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like a lot of what they did in the special editions was them prepping for episode one, right? Yes, sure. Because they had their first full, they had a full digital character in that whatever singer guy in Jedi Rocks, but then you get Jar Jar Banks, which is a full yeah. character for a whole movie. Um, so with that sound from Matt, we might as well go into episode one. <laughs> <laughs> so on November 18th, 1998, Lucasfilm dropped the first teaser for The Phantom Menace. It was also the first time we heard the name The Phantom Menace. Yes. In Canada, it premiered on Entertainment Tonight. I remember because I saw the VHS where I taped it and watched it multiple times. <laughs> and there was a giant hype around this this trailer. It was um it was released in 75 um chains in the states and it was in front of three movies meet joe black the water boy and the siege there was actually talk of people going into the movie and then leaving which was everywhere so they started putting the the trailer at the end of the film as well for a lot of uh chains in the states so they would uh, have people leaving people to watch and then either staying or leaving and then coming back oh my god amazing do you guys remember when this trailer yep. was released like it was yeah. it was everywhere. it was crazy yep Share your stories. Go for it. Oh, well, I just wanted to say for me, uh, I remember it was in front of Wing Commander because yep. I actually, they released that movie a week before. Uh, or, or wait, no, I'm getting it wrong. But anyway, the trailer was in front of Wing Commander. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually wanted to see Wing Commander uh, because uh, if anyone knows about the video game, you know, it was a premier space shooter. And then eventually they yeah. even got uh, Mark Hamill to be a character in it. And that was awesome, you know. Yeah. So, you know, indirectly through my love of Star Wars, I ended up loving Wing Commander as well. And so the guy who uh, created that game decided uh, to actually make a movie, and that was the Wing Commander movie. But it had the prequel trailer in front of it. And uh, I went to actually watch the film. The theater was completely empty because nobody cared about Wing Commander. Yeah. And literally a guy came in, watched the uh, episode one, and he left, like, even before yeah. the movie started. And yeah. I was like, I can't believe you, man, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Steve. Um, yes. The trailer that was attached to that Wing Commander was the full trailer of Star Wars. Oh, not okay. the teaser. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting yeah. ahead of myself. So, so when when Wing came in, Wing Commander. It, so every trailer for Episode One, this happened to. Uh, so Steve is is correct, but Wing Commander came out in March of 1999, just two months before. Um, yeah, just before the movie. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I screwed that up a bit, but yeah, that no, no, that was good. hilarious though. Like I, I I was like I'd never seen or heard of that phenomenon before. I didn't know that was going on in the States, you know, with the, the teaser. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I watched the teaser in the trailer like a million times. I mean, mm-hmm. that was an amazing, it still is an amazing trailer. Yes. Um, Matt, Hawk, Gus. I the same. I, I remember, you know, going to movies and seeing signs up, you know, there will be no refunds for. Yeah. for the Wing Commander <laughs> yes. Movie. I forgot yes. about that. Yes. Like they had to openly say that we like, if you, if you yeah. buy a ticket to this movie, you will not you get a bought re- a ticket. Yeah, you've bought a ticket. Like, regardless of whether you hated the movie and you're there to see the movie and you hate it, we will not uh, issue a refund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Well, that. SSR, I think that then got modified to they would not issue a refund until half an hour into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, if you wanted a refund, you had to stay for the first chunk of the movie. You couldn't just like leave like, because people were going buying tickets, watching the trailer and getting a refund afterwards. And I'm like, no, I never, I never saw the trailer. I was like, I will, I, I wanted to 
I was very reserved about it. I'm like, I don't know how good this is going to be. So I'm going to wait and I want to see it without having anything taint my impressions of it. So I remember yeah, seeing, fair enough. Yeah, I remember seeing the movie poster, like the teaser poster. Oh, that's such a good know, poster. With Jake Lloyd in the shadow on the, the Tatooine wall of yeah. the kind of yeah. Vader. I'm like, this could be very cool. But I also remember because I knew nothing about it. I'm like, so that's baby Anakin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I now know more than I think I want to. I'm going to leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they hadn't really told you anything about what was happening in the movie other mm-hmm. than. Yeah. Like, the spoiler got in the teaser. Yeah. The spoiler culture wasn't really there in 1998. Um, it had started just a couple years earlier with Aiden Cool News in about 97, 98. Mm-hmm. But the internet was still budding. So the trailers and the, the spoiler talk and the speculation that was everywhere was mostly on the message boards on the force.net, places like that. I know I used to frequent that a lot. I used to, I was one of those people that, um, so when, when this trailer, this teaser came out, um, it was really a push for digital media on the internet. It, there wasn't really anything like that. They had iTunes trailers, not, not they had Apple trailers, not iTunes trailers yeah. because iTunes did not exist. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really the first trailer where people were downloading real video and QuickTime and AVI onto their computers mm-hmm. so they could watch it over and over again. And there was a like a crazy rabid fan base on on the Force.net message boards where we would dissect frames and be like, oh, look at this. Mm-hmm. This this yeah. is a pod racing, blah, blah. And I used to, I was really into that. And I used to speculate. And I, it's embarrassing thinking back at it now. But anyway, um, yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, Gus. we ate it up. Uh, um, yeah, for me, I remember '98 was like, uh, you know, I think it was like my first full year of kind of living away from home and that, you know, and uh, then that trailer dropped and that. And I remember having my first real Star Wars discussion in years and that with the, uh, with somebody in that. It was this, uh, <laughs> it was this guy who lived in the same building and that. His name was Brett. He was kind of a local punk rock guy around, you know, Hamilton and that, you know, neck tattoos and that. And we had our we had a real vivid discussion about Darth Maul and that because he was fascinated by, you know, just the image that we saw in the, the trailer and that of, of Maul and that. And he's, you know, there all these theories started to pop out that maybe those tattoos now were like, you know, part of like, you know, some, you know, you know, his, his religion or his, you yep. know, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was probably my kind of reintroduction back into the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. at that age. Right. You know, having a, a vivid fan discussion. <laughs> what about you guys? Uh, I remember going to see uh, I forget the movie that it was attached to and my buddy and I are watching it going okay I'm back I gotta go see this and we <laughs> waited on bated breath to go see it it was the first time in a long time the same thing where it was like you know what I'm pretty excited like this is gonna be yeah. pretty kick-ass. I mean this is a whole nother chapter that we get to see mm-hmm. that's gonna really expand on these characters and yeah. you know, maybe we'll get an inkling of what's going on Boy, was I wrong, but <laughs> you know, we'll it talk was one about of those, that. Like, yeah. It's so cool to get to see this. Yeah. You know? And it's, and I'm at the age where I'm really going to remember it. Right. You know? yeah. Not like a, as a kid where yeah. know, it was for a generation. Like we moments. were the, we were, yeah. Our, it was our, yeah, it was for us. Yeah, it was for yeah, us. Right. Which was probably not, not good in that respect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Like, like Steve was saying, it was so well crafted. That yeah. the shots that we had we see in the trail in the teaser were just like things we haven't we hadn't seen anywhere. There yeah. was no movies yeah. that had done anything that looked like yes. that. Yeah. He was really pulling from those um, Flash Gordon 
Yes. Um, yeah. Serials like yeah. just seeing Queen Amidala in that light up dress and the oh, yeah. hologram stuff and yeah. his love for yeah. racing and the pod racers. Oh man. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was so exciting. Very as, intriguing. As yeah. yeah. I mean, it had the right, like, you know, dial, I had the right trailer text and had the right edits mm-hmm. and just, just enough, like, you know, like Yoda and like just, just enough references, but also so mm-hmm. much new stuff with the old music yeah. layered on on top. Like, that was the perfect nostalgia plus introduction yeah. of new content bomb. Well, like, and, it's, and it's that that one moment that I'm sure we can all collectively agree is that one moment where you see Maul standing yep. there and he lights the lightsaber, yeah. and then the second one comes out, and you just and everyone's mind yeah, just, the fanfare. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. you're like, are you kidding me? This is a this yeah. is clearly a, a bad guy, and yep. he has a double ended lightsaber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm actually getting goosebumps right now as you talk yep. about it because yeah, 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 just thinking yeah. about that moment is so. Because so it was good. again, that was the thing that's like this. What is this thing? Because like, yeah. you had no idea what he was. He looked like he looked like a demon with a double-ended lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, my one misgiving about it going in before knowing anything about new movies was I was like, well, you know, Darth Vader is the villain of a whole generation. They can't possibly, you know, like live up to something like that. And then they presented Darth Maul. I'm like, oh my god. They actually created something that I'm actually really excited and scared yeah. about. You know, and like seeing, I was amazed, yeah. you know, that they yeah. could they could pull it off, right? Yeah. And you're seeing Jedi fighting. Yes. Like at them in the mm-hmm. just little clips, like super fast and kinetic, and there was all this energy. And you yeah. really before that you'd seen fencing. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. more like a kendo uh anime mix yeah. type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were fighting, fighting. They were fighting. Yeah. So, so like let's just jump into the whole episode one. We went there. We saw it. Do you remember getting your tickets? Do you remember going to the theater? What was your experience throughout it? Were you thinking, oh, God, this is amazing. And then, oh, no. And then afterwards, what were your thoughts? Do you you remember how you got your tickets? How did you get your tickets? My friend and I went opening night. It was a midnight screening. Mm -hmm. And we got our tickets. We waited in line. I don't know for how long, but we got our tickets. We went in, you know, on bated breath. The scrawl comes up. And we're just like giddy with anticipation at this yep. point. And we're watching it. And then we're like, this is really cool. What's going on? I don't know that I like this. Who is this guy? <laughs> and then there's this really kick-ass Jedi fight scene. And we're like, okay, we're in. And we're like, what? Really? <laughs> like, and then it became really clear at that point that it was okay. Lucas is trying to make money. That's all there is to it. Because it just, it fell apart. And I was like, oh, you, you had me and then you lost me. It was like the mm-hmm. first girlfriend you ever had where you're like, oh my God, this is going to be, oh, maybe not so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's so, very apt. I, uh, again, I remember, I, and again, cause like I said, I had read the book before I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. I, cause like, I, I was so worried about it and the, read the novel by Terry Brooks. And it was brilliant. I had made a, I had made a point of not reading the last four chapters. So I'm nice. like, I, I don't want to know what happens at the end. As soon as they got to, they went back to Naboo. I had stopped reading it. So I'm like, I'll wait and I'll watch the movie. Cause I don't want to get anything spoiled for the ending of this to where it goes. So I knew everything leading up to that, but I didn't know how it was going to end. Cause I didn't want to have it ruined. And again, again, Gus, very similar. I got, I'm in there like, okay, cool. I'm like, this is kind of awesome. I'm like, Okay, it's that it's Obi Wan and his master. Okay, this is like it's baby Obi Wan. I'm like, yeah. this is awesome. I gotta watch this. I'm like, it's baby Obi Wan and Liam Neeson, who is also awesome. And 
wow, the Trade Federation is racist as hell. But like, I don't know. I was sitting there, I'm like, I I literally remember that happening. I was just like, I don't, and like, there's people chuckling in the theater. I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this right now because having read the book, you don't get accents in a book. No, (laughs) you're right. But even the way that the Nemoidians were pronouncing things in the movie was not how they were written in the book. In the book, they were described as having a very, uh, was uh, not esoteric, but like eclectic, uh, refined accent. <laughs> like they were, because they were. They're like regally type. Yeah. Well, yeah they they were, they were, British. The, they were the trade federate. Yeah. It was basically, they were like. <laughs> they should have just traders. been British, right? <laughs> like yeah. the Nazis. Or anything <laughs> but what those, because then you see those aliens and you hear those accents and go, you're not even trying to pretend like yeah. this is anything but what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I was just, I was like taken aback and that's, that's where it lost me. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then they land on Naboo and then they meet Jar Jar. And I went, well, this is going to be entered. Cause again, Jar Jar was not presented as stupid in the book as he was in that wow. movie. Mm-hmm. Like he was goofy, but not he stupid. He was goofy and bumbling, but it was more one of those that the way that he was described in the book was like, it was as if you took a fish and then put him on land. He's not okay. going to know how to walk properly because he's underwater. He's an amphibious race. Right. Right. Which with the, like, again, with the Gungans, if you were think that they're underwater, mm-hmm. it makes sense that when he's on land, he can't function properly because he's not used to being on land. Right. right. As opposed to like, oh, he's just dumb, which it was what it was like. Oh, he's just useless and dumb because the rest of the Gungans are great. So it mm-hmm. just, yeah, it got to the, uh, this, I, I was watching this. I got, I'm like, this is meant for children. Like this is meant yeah. to introduce a younger generation to Star Wars, mm-hmm. not for my generation who wanted this. Like it was meant for us, but not really. Yeah, that was the impression I got. Was that I felt like I'm like I should be about ten years younger watching this. Mm-hmm. I would really be into it. Which is again same as with Gus. It kind of lost me. I'm like, mm, we'll yeah. see how this hat works. And then we got to the halfway point, and ooh, I got back invested into it. <laughs> <laughs> So Matt, uh, going off your, we talked about the release date of the novel. You're right. It was released in April, April 21, 1999. Yeah. And the movie was released May 19th. So there was a lot of time between. There was a good chunk of time. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. Looking at the, I'm looking at the Wikipedia and I'm looking at the different covers. I was like, oh yeah, I have a couple Yeah. I have the, I have the Darth Maul cover. I do too. Yeah. Cause I'm like, and it flips over and you can get a different one. Which Mm -hmm. is nice. Yeah, well, the, and the flip over too was like as soon as I saw that cover, I'm like, this has my attention because exactly. I know who that is. <laughs> what about you, Hawk? What was your Star Wars Episode One story? <sighs> so uh, it got really hyped up for me by this good friend of mine, in that you know, who also I should have took into a fact to account that you know he told me he did take a hit of acid before he went. To <laughs> <laughs> the pod race must have been amazing. A, the, a, Would it have it, lasted till then, though? I mean, that's like long. Oh, into the movie. oh yeah, you know. Right. Uh, but like he said, it was so awesome, and that <laughs> it was mostly describing you know the Liam Neeson fight with Maul, and that you know, right. a, lot of, a lot of color. Yeah, uh, and then uh, you know, I didn't see it opening night. Uh, it was more like a about a week or two into its release, and that I, I finally got around to seeing it, and that and. Uh, you know, I I kind of quickly realized going in, you know, after the, after a little while that, you know, this was, you know, not meant for me. That, you know, what mm. really took me mm. out was the stunted performances. That, you know, it, yeah. 
going back to like the you know the original film and that you know it was a lot of actors who were you know this was their first major role you know um you know for harrison ford who had always been kind of you know he had a few roles in in the background and you know camel who pretty much you know kind of came out of nowhere in that in that film you know you could you could kind of you you can see how you know those performances were a little hammy but it, it was just where those actors were at in their time but with phantom menace and that you know you had actors who had you know been in front of a camera i mean like it had liam neeson and that he was you know he won an oscar for schindler's list didn't he yeah yeah you know and for some reason their their dialogue seemed forced their manners mm-hmm. and everything seemed a little too practiced you could see there was a lot of direction from lucas to kind of make it you know more kid friendly yeah um and that was what really kind of drew me out of it. And that, you know, by the end of it, I was like, yeah, this wasn't meant for, this wasn't meant for me. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Steve, what's your story? Well, I mean, you guys have already pointed out, I think Gus's, uh, you know, seven stages of whatever, you know, as going through the movies <laughs> kind of really expressed it perfectly. Cause I, I think this was the first time where, you know, for me going to movies was a lot of fun and, and, and ranting about them was fun, but I never really had, you know, had an experience quite like episode one, because I guess I had all these expectations going mm-hmm. into it. And I feel like the only other time this happened uh, after that was uh, with uh, the Matrix uh, sequels, the same thing. I went to the second film. And I'm like, what, what's going on? This is like a totally different, you know, thing. Yeah. Right. And of course, everyone at the time was debating like, oh, your expectations were too high. And I was like, no, there was actually something wrong with episode yeah. one. Like there's something off, you know, and and so anyway, you guys have covered a lot of it, but I, you know, the sad part is, you know, we were already talking about like film integrity and stuff, you know, like with changing stuff with the special editions. Mm-hmm. And this was like where like series integrity started to be like an idea that was forming in my mm-hmm. mind because I was like, these things don't add to Star Wars, right? I'm, I'm really yeah. like midichlorians, right? Remember that, uh, right? Oh, I mean, everyone was ranting about that, but it was all the things you guys are talking about as well as the midichlorians. And, and wow. the really sad thing that came out of it was I left the movie going, you know, I, I always thought Lucas was a bit of a genius. I started to question it with the, the, the special editions. And I went back and I watched the original trilogy. And I'm like, oh, my God, everybody's acting is crap. I just never saw it before. But somehow... <laughs> The acting in this movie made me hyper aware of how horrible the direction is in the other movies right now. That's not to say you can't enjoy the original trilogy because there's so much other talent involved, you know, with the way the music and everything like syncs up cinematography. There's still like a fundamentally beautiful uh, story there. Right. And that was a thing that episode one I thought lacked, you know, it didn't have like as momentous a story. Um, But yeah, just so many weird decisions that, that like, you know, the accents and, all, mm-hmm. all the things you guys have talked about. So, yeah. so yeah, it was the beginning of uh, basically uh, what you see before you now, a, a very uh, complainy, a very uh, righteous uh, uh, film uh, 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 snob. But it started with episode one, I can honestly say, because that was where I, I had all this, all this hope. And then I left going like, what, what happened? So, yeah. I think at least in the original trilogy, they, the, the newbie actors got better as yes, the films yes. went yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. think in the prequel trilogies anyone got better. Obi, no. like, Ewan McGregor was constantly good. Yes. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Liam Neeson, like, I'm always making a joke how, like, if you want a movie to work, you need to get two venerable British actors. And then it doesn't matter how stupid the plot is, like X Men, yeah. Star Wars, it just works. It's throwing two, yeah. two classic Shakespearean actors. Now, unfortunately, 
they had Ian McGregor and then they killed off Liam Neeson and then mm-hmm. like, they were screwed after that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. never quite. Well, no, the Emperor was good too. But, yeah. uh, but you're but, right, you're right. The direction, uh, like Natalie Portman, I think was able to figure out something to do, but still it, not quite. Yeah. So it's, yeah. quite. it's hard when you're yeah. acting against green everything, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Ian McGregor yeah. made it work because he's mm-hmm. just, he just, he just he's did it when he went his own right. way, right? Yeah. And he, he was well, able to barrel through, but everybody else needed direction. Ewan and McGregor had the advantage of he, he, he knew where his character ended up and he sure. had Alec Guinness as the template. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So That's it's like, yeah. He, he knew that I have to turn into this old British noble character that sacrifices himself. Yeah. You know where your character's arc ends. So you can yeah. then kind of go backwards and find that that rhythm throughout you know, the first movie. And, and that's the first movie. It's like, what would Alec Guinness be if he was an impetuous kid? Ewan McGregor. That's what yeah. he would No, no, he, he pulled it off. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Plus, you and know, he, he had the reference. He, he had met Alec Guinness, right? Yeah. He, he knew him because he his uncle, him. yeah. And his uncle, Dennis Lawson, was in the original tri- trilogy as Wedge. Yeah, yeah. So his he uncle had, was Wedge. So <laughs> he had all oh, this. Wow. I didn't know. Could, I didn't oh, know yeah, he was yeah. related. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. That, that was the, the the big running joke is that he had the he was the only one that had the other than Lucas that had the cred. Yeah, mm. he yes. studied him too. I think. Eh? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, very he much studied so. him. The mannerisms and mm-hmm. yeah, he did a lot of good work on it. Mm-hmm. So for me, my episode one story, pretty much like everyone else, um, I'm just going to talk about my ticket story because. I had gone with my band to get the tickets. We waited overnight to get the tickets. Like there was a big lineup for to get good seats. We left our guitar player. Yeah. Our guitar player in line for over a day. (laughs) Oh no. Good seats for the midnight screening. (laughs) We got him food and stuff, but you know, he stayed there in line for us. That's awesome. Plus my parents, Asian would not be down with that. Right. (laughs) Skipping school. No, that would not, that would not fly. But yeah, like everyone else, it was sort of like, oh, that's, there's a lot of strange things happening. The Asian thing, like Steve was saying, it, it really, <laughs> it really bothered me. As an Asian it's person, so weird. you're just sitting there like, oh, that is definitely a white person trying to be an Asian yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. I like, used that to like, not quote, cool. <laughs> I used to quote those guys nonstop because it was so outrageous, it right? Like so it was racist. so crazy, right? And, and like, I mean, they were like, you know, they were like these money grubbing, like it was just yeah. like, what is wrong with these guys? And it know? wasn't like. Slightly Asian, it's like, is that regal? Is that regal? I'm like, just getting out of the hunt. Now there are two of them. That being said, the first, like when I saw the the pod race on screen, I thought that was incredible. Like there was, it blew my mind. Oh yeah. And I was sober during this movie. Mm-hmm. Not not acid. I I know better than to go see the movie. We'll talk about how I saw the Matrix one other day um, for the first time. Oh my god, that was a oh no, bad, it was a good experience, but it was so. Anyway, we'll talk about that off mic. <laughs> but yeah, at the end of the film, you're just sort of like, oh okay, that happened. I guess hopefully the next movie's good. And in 2002, we got episode two, and then yeah. in two, 2005, we got the Revenge of the Sith, and that. That prequel series ended that at that point. Can I bring one final thing? And this this is again with episode one, the only thing that really pulled like yanked me back out of it. Cause I kind of like I said, about got halfway through. Once they got to Coruscant, I was back into it and I was invested into it. Mm-hmm. And everything from then up until the near the ending, I was right there. I'm like, okay, there was a bit of a weird false start, but I can get this. And yeah, the, yeah, I I agree. There's like a weird slump in the middle of the film, like just yeah. in terms of structure, whether you like or dislike any specific yeah, things. It, was, it has a flow problem. 
Mm-hmm. But there uh, and was, then it just loses everything at the end, like multiple fronts well, and everything. No, which, not even that. Yeah. The one thing that killed me was one line. And that's what pulled me out of it and made me actually angry about the prequel trilogy <laughs> is when Senator Palpatine says, Anakin Skywalker, I'll be following your career with great interest. Yeah. And I sat there and went, fuck you, George Lucas. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> because that was such a wink to the audience that knew it was. It, was it really was. Sure, sure. Because I'm like, if you're, and because there had been this big to do about how he'd been like, oh, he'd always had this written out as this, this six part series in episode one he'd had written for years. Yeah. And I'm like, no, because the whole point is you're not supposed to know that Palpatine's the bad guy because you hadn't seen his face. You'd like, you'd seen the cowled. Right. Darth yeah, 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 yeah. But it's you're true. not supposed to know that Darth Sidious and Pal and yeah, you know, yeah. are the same yeah. person. Yeah, it was yeah. a, it was something so you could that assume, was but such he just a blew big, it. Like, yeah. I'll watch your career. Wink. And, like, <laughs> and I literally just I, at that point I was That's like, true. That's I was true. like, fuck this movie. Yeah. Whatever's coming after this, you uh, clearly just don't even care about your yeah. audience. This uh, <laughs> see that part bothered you the part that bothered me was during the funeral when they're like oh there's always two a master and apprentice but what was destroyed pan yeah, over pan, the palpatine yeah. i'm like yeah all right but that was the same yeah, thing no like, subtlety. It was, it was, uh, yeah, yeah exactly like the whole point is this is supposed to be the first chapter of this series mm-hmm. yeah. you're, you're making allusions to things that have not happened, but will happen for those of us that have seen part four five and six yeah, yeah. it'd be yeah. like in, in episode four if darth vader went up to luke and was like Huh? You hey, the last dude. name sounds really yeah. familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I remember the last time I saw you. Yeah, it's true. You were wee big. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not not to extend this, but I just on this point too. Um, that was like all of these decisions, these problematic decisions, is what made me like re-an- reanalyze, you know, the other mm-hmm. Star Wars. But I just want to because Darth Maul doesn't make it. That was the other thing that like really yeah. annoyed me. And I'm glad that's been largely rectified now officially. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it was like, like I said, before I came into this movie, I was like, ah, these movies are going to be no good. They've got no Darth Vader. And I'm like, whoa, Darth Maul looks so amazing. And then I'm yeah. like, why did they, what? Why would you yeah. go to all this trouble to, mm-hmm. to match or top Darth Vader visually yeah. anyway, or yeah. go to all this trouble to create this character and then just have him smoke like a chump, right? Like what? Yeah. Like and so, like all of that combined with that last line and everything else, like made me go, "Wow!" I I totally did mm-hmm. not know yeah. this was like this. For for me, the thing that bothered me the most, I think, was just the fact that in the interviews, it'd be like, "Well, it was always about Anakin's story." No, it wasn't about Anakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started off with Luke. Like, let's not let's not kid yeah. anybody here. Mm-hmm. This isn't the Anakin, you know, redeeming arc story. It's the yeah. You know, you're milking this thing for every penny you can get. (laughs) And and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what your business model is, giddy up. (laughs) But, you know, like the rest of us are going like, you're, you're mailing it in. Yeah. Uh, Victory. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'd say that, but I can't. (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) We'll just say you're Asian, Gus. It's cool. All right. (laughs) This is Asian Gus now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um we like going off of what Steve said about how Darth Maul, you know, him dying was such a weird thing. Let's talk about how episode 2 and 3 yep. came out and how was there good things that came out of the trilogy? What what, what all of that prequel trilogy was there bad? Like what what I feel like having not a through enemy like an enemy all the way through mm, like Darth yeah. Vader was the bad guy all the way through yeah. the original trilogy. Not having Darth Maul all the way through like you 
why was there General Grievous? You could have had Maul come back, right? You could have yes. had Maul in the second one. Like there, 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 there's some weird things. Like yeah. I, I talked about the what if episode one, two, and three videos were good. Um, that are on YouTube by Belated Media. Go watch mm-hmm. those. Those are amazing, and I will pimp them forever because they had a good. They they talk about how having an overarching story for our heroes and then our villains mm-hmm. is what really made the original trilogy, and it, it fell apart in the prequels. Um, what worked? What didn't work for you guys? I I really I again like I, everyone else. I was really mad when Maul died. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like he made this. All your marketing for the villain of this movie is based on this guy, <laughs> yeah. and you kill him. I'm like, okay. And then they said, oh, we're doing episode two. What is it? It's episode two, episode two. And then we're going to release the title, episode two, a Cla- Attack of the Clones. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> That's a dynamic sounding movie. But I'm like, okay. But I was like, okay, Clone Wars, awesome. Like, you can't really screw this. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. And again, like, Christopher Lee did the best job he could do as a character with the most awkward name. <laughs> Dooku. 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 Well, or I'd AKA, say Snoke has the worst name now, but yeah. But AKA yeah. Dooku Darth, at the time was Darth really bad. Tyranus, Darth Tyrannus, which they never referred to him as, and they really should have at that yeah, point. Like, yeah. Just call him what he is. Don't, like, no, we're going to use his real name because we know he's bad. Just no, he's, he's either a Sith or he's a bad guy. You don't make them both. But that being said, he, again, he, it, the one good thing that came out of episode two was we got to see, albeit with really questionable CGI, Yoda fight. <laughs> I was so surprised when yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, man. And and in a way that I was like, I was amazed at how they did it. Cause again, he comes like he's, he was still a Yoda. He's got the cane. He moves really slowly. Yeah. And, oh, Obi-Wan and Anakin are unconscious. What's going to happen. And Yoda just drops the stick and the lightsaber pops yeah, up yeah. and then flies around that room. Like a spider monkey on acid. Yeah, and that, yeah. that to me, I cheered. I'm like, that's what I cheered at that point too. Yeah. Is watching Yoda fight. Yeah. yeah. And then as soon yeah. as, as soon as, you know, Tyrannus gets away and the other two starts to wake up, the lightsaber goes away and the stick's back in his hand. And he's back to old feeble Yoda because it played off the shtick that he did in Empire where he yeah. pretends to be this crazy old character right up until it's business time. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if it's like he can only exert that much effort for shorter periods of time. I guess that didn't happen in the cartoon. Never mind. That was just a thought that came to my head right no, now. No, yeah, no, um, it was just an act. Yeah, yeah. And then episode, and then you know, episode three just uh, Revenge of the Sith bothers me a lot for a lot of reasons, uh, mostly because I didn't watch the Clone Wars cartoon in real time. So well, no, had, a lot of that happened afterwards, yeah, that right? After, right? Yeah. The, yeah, just the um, Jared um, the Tarofsky yes. cartoon yeah. was before that, but the the one that linked the gap between yeah, episode yeah, yeah. two yeah. and three i that have no idea who general grievous was i had i i, I doesn't matter but it kind of did because episode three started at literally right after that cartoon ended yeah yep. true. Yep. so if you hadn't watched that which i hadn't i had no clue what was happening <laughs> it doesn't first, add that much context though to be no, honest it but, but it gave enough for like how did you know how did palpatine get abducted like you sure know, like, sure a lot of yeah. stuff where i'm like why are they afraid that um this uh, wheezing yeah. machine that can't really what's do anything. This asthmatic robot, robot is what's scary this somehow. Robot that suddenly <laughs> a big deal. Like, who yeah. is this robot? Why is it a big deal? Why are they spending half a movie trying to chase him down? Why does he have lightsabers? Like, questions that when I watched the cartoon afterwards went, oh, I wish I'd watched this in real yeah. time. So I knew it's so much cooler on. seeing him kill yes. Jedi's and taking their lightsabers, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't kill um, one. Like, like he could have easily, like they could have easily had multiple Jedi in the front in the first part. 
yeah. and him yeah. killing them and maybe yes. getting hurt and maybe that's something. why he's wheezing right something yeah um, i don't know um but just yeah the third movie just like again with attack of the clones i did i wasn't a fan of it but i'm like okay i'm willing to see where this is going and that's the one thing as much as the movies irritated me and a lot of these a lot of movies where you have talked about or will talk about irritated me i'm willing to see it through to the conclusion because i'm i am assuming watching these that there is a plan mm-hmm. and they have an arc that they're trying to tell and at least the prequels i feel actually sort of had a plan despite the sequences being sort of funky and being weird he had a story that he sort of yeah. told, right? They, well, they, yeah. also, they ultimately they knew where it had to end because it has to end with episode going bad. four is the yeah. next is the next part. Exactly. Yeah. I like so, if if I had just read the books, which were poorly written, albeit, but you know, at least I don't get the weird accents and stuff. I feel yeah. like I would have appreciated the prequels more, right? Because mm-hmm. the story sort of is there. Yeah. More mm-hmm. fleshed out in the books than in the movies. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the only thing that drove me nuts is that at like this episode three, and I'll I'll stop my rant on this so other people can talk. A lot of what happened in episode three felt really rushed. They're like, oh crap, we have four movies worth of material to cover and we have to end it in this one. Yeah. But you have mm-hmm. the whole Darth Vader going to the dark side and the Jedi purge and the battle on Mustafar and ha- like all this stuff, which happens in the last 45 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this, that third movie should have started with either started with Vader is going bad or Vader has gone bad already. I think he should have been bad. I think the turn should have it happened. It should have flipped in two. It should yeah. have flipped right in at two. the end. I feel like that should have been the big turn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of it. And then, um, or like at least getting, or, getting like glimpses of evil in the first one, like he's still pure. Yeah. Two, he flips and third, he's all yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah I I like they just needed to spend more time on that because it just felt way too rushed. They're like, "Oh crap, we!" Ha-. It was literally. I felt like it was a, "Oh crap, we have to rush and tell this story because it has to end with him as Vader." Because then we have Episode Four with his kids, so we yeah. have to get yeah. to yeah. that. Yeah, like like the the fight with um with Palpatine at the end with all the Jedi, right? Mm. Yeah, you have Anakin being helpful, right? He he brings yes. him over there, and then all of a sudden he's like, "No." I'm going to kill Mace Windu. It's like, no, I need him alive because he's going to save my wife my that wife. no one knows about. And that has a kid that no one knows about. It, it's, it's like, weird. it was, yeah, it was like, no, we have to take it. He has to stand trial. I'm like, dude, if Mace Windu, who is the most badass Jedi on the, on the council is saying he's got to die. And literally you walk in there and there's Mace and these other four Jedi around yeah. dead, <laughs> that are dead, right? Yeah. Smoking. Like, <laughs> Did, did they just fall down and have Jedi nap time? No, like something killed them. Yeah. And if they They're have so tired, burn, so very tired, burns in them. It wasn't midichlorians low, like all over the window. Like, stay with me, Force <laughs> Jesus. Maybe Palpatine's a bad guy. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, it's just it was just like it was like it's like they had a plot points and they had no idea how to get between those points. And like we have to get rid of all these powerful Jedi. And he has to join Palpatine. Eh, I guess this will work. And yeah, it yeah. just ugh, did, wasted potential is what it was to me. Did did anyone else feel differently than what Matt did? Because he sort of went over what I everything that I felt. I just felt like a lot of it too was, I think because of the cast that they had, mm-hmm. it's hard to be invested. Yeah, when you don't have charismatic people like mm-hmm. Harrison Ford as Han Solo still my favorite character ever 
That's why I was so pissed off <laughs> with <laughs> the yeah. back end of the trilogies. But but that said, you know, there was like Hayden Christensen. I give the kid credit because at the time he was a kid, you're walking into a minefield. There's no mm-hmm. way you're ever going to live up to Mark Hamill. There's mm-hmm. no way you're ever going to live up to Harrison Ford or Carrie Fisher. Like it's just not, it's like a cardboard cutout that's acting like it. I mean, yeah. I'm not very good as an actor. I'll own that, but I think I could have pulled up a more, you know, charismatic approach to what was going on. You yeah. Know? What's sad is he's actually a, he's good, a good actor. actor. You know? yeah. It's like yeah. Keanu Reeves kind of like that. Whoa, dude. Whoa. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Yeah. You're, it's just the lack of, lack of, you lack know, of directing yeah if there's no one there to help you like you know, you even the, the directing i mean ultimately it comes down to the writing as yeah, well too like you, oh yeah the lines you couldn't save those lines like you can't you can't yeah. say some of those lines any better than how they yeah. did it's just hate, it's the nature yeah. of of well i mean that kind of goes sand back. We i hate talking, sand <laughs> it gets everywhere it's gritty it gets coarse yeah <laughs> But it's um, oh my god! It comes down to like and we had talked about this earlier. Like Eric, I think you brought it up, and Steve with the uh, Lucasitis is that in the original the original trilogy, like the core trilogy, Lucas I think directed the first one and wrote the yep, first one, just the first one. Empire and Jedi, they had script doctors come in and they had other directors come in. Yeah, so he wrote and, the overarching story for two yeah. and three, but um, there he had um his people helping him with it. Like his his people. wife his his wife <laughs> saved the first film yeah. through editing and through scripting and um, mm-hmm. all that and then you know she helped throughout the other ones as well so she, there are a lot of people that saved Star Wars in yeah the original trilogy but the but the prequel trilogy it was all George all, all him yeah. yeah and there there were no checks and balances because it was like again it was the he's had this planned for years and this is what he wants and he's got the money and Lucasfilm is this monolith that's financing yeah. it he's going to do his movies and he did and it happened. And I just sat there and went this man, like he's, he is a great concept guy and he is a phenomenal concept, but no, someone should have gone in there and been, and been told and told him like, look, George, you can't have them go to six different planets in one move in one, two and a half hour movie and try to have Zack Snyder before everyone. Zack Snyder was Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. <laughs> like yeah, it's, he, he needed to have a script, a script yeah. doctor to just refine yeah. what he had. Because yeah. he could have directed, his direction was what it was, but it was still good. But he needed someone to get that script cut down to a point where it made cohesive sense. Mm. Yeah, it flowed better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it is unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. But I have to give the prequels that little bit of due that he knew where he was going to go, more or less. Sure. It, it got to, it got there messily, but at least it felt like they, yeah. they knew what they were doing. There was an end game to it. There was an end game. Also, at the uh, beginning, there was an end game, and you could tell that they were heading to it. Yeah, and also, and also, I mean, I was, I was really down on the prequels back in the day, but um, you know, all things being equal, now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. now that we are in a different era, I will also credit the prequels as being a different story than the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. It's not just the rehash of the same three movies again. It is actually a different story arc. Right now, the effectiveness that we're all kind of Mm -hmm. like it maybe didn't work out as well as it could have. But yeah, at least there were a lot of original new things in it. I didn't really like a lot of them, but they were original new things. Mm -hmm. I will be sad that Rick McCallum, the producer at the time, and George Lucas did not. um, So Lawrence Kasdan offered his help for the original uh, prequels after episode one came out. 
He's like, you know mm. what? I'll come. I'll help out. I helped you with Indiana Jones, whatnot. Right. You know, I'll help. And they never took him up on it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, their detriment, right? Unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I, I forced you guys to listen to this. I will give the shout out without linking the clip. For those that want what's probably the filthiest, but at least in, I think, our collective opinion, relatively accurate portrayal mm-hmm. of the original trilogy, look up the comedian Brian Poe saying his album Live in Nerd Rage. You know, I, I'll, I'll put it in our show notes. Why not? Yeah, he yeah. has. A, and we'll give him a shout out because he's a brilliant comic and he shares a lot of our nerdish sensibilities. And I've, I've mentioned him before as he's one of my favorite comics. So yeah, and has an amazing cameo in the Mandalorian. In the Mandalorian. In the Mandalorian yes. That's right. 2005's Live in Nerd Rage. If you ever wanted a great, a great filthy analogy for the, the prequel trilogy, it is in that bit. Yeah. Hawk, did you want to go off of what uh, Matt had said previously about the um, so yeah, what work didn't work in the prequels? Uh, yeah, so you know, I kind of had the same attitude as you, Eric, in that, like, you know, and I guess it's a running theme for Star Wars, but, you know, it's like, maybe the next one will be better than that, you know? We, we all live on hope with this series, you know, much like the Rebels do. Not anymore. I know. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to put the blame squarely on, you know, just for the sake of this podcast, I'll put the blame squarely on uh, Hayden Christensen's shoulders and that, like, you know, he was the thing that drew me out of, like, you know, those, those two films, like, almost instantly in that. I don't know why he was there. I know everybody says, you know, oh, he's actually a pretty good actor in that, but, like, <laughs> you know, he did not look like he even enjoyed being there. Yeah, yeah. There, there was, you know... The, could you, yeah. But could you imagine being a classically trained actor and then going on set and being like, oh, there's nothing here. Yeah, there's a tennis when ball. I'm asking, when I'm asking my director for a direction, he said, just says, you know, make it faster, more intense. True. Yeah. Think about sand. What upsets you? Sand? It should be sand. <laughs> but, here's, but here's the thing. The counter argument to that is, yeah, yeah, but Christopher Lee was able to pull it off and he had to have a fencing duel with an imaginary sword in front of a green yeah, screen. But, but he's, but that's a, why he's, he's such a good <laughs> actor. He has years of experience. Hayden Christensen yeah. had like five. Sure, that's, but that's I mean, my venerable British actor thing. They can do yeah, anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of crap. But I mean, you put that's, them in. that's. I don't think the the classical training has anything to do with it. If you're a good actor, you can you can act around anything, and some people can. And yeah. I, I'm can, kind you, of with Hawk that Hayden was I, Hayden was out of his depth in this film. It really was. It, like he just he was he was flat in a way. Like you know, like I can I guess Natalie Portman kind of mirrored that in the first one. She was to me super that, flat and all yeah. very flat. It almost like she was reading her lines off a cue card. Yeah. Anakin, you're yeah. breaking my heart. Yeah. F- <laughs> off. She was also 12 when they filmed it. So. I mean, yeah, but she was 12. She was my 12. age, man. She was, yeah. she was 17 when the, she, she was 12 one. when she did the professional. The professional, yeah. yeah. She was really good Fantastic. in that. Luke Bates on yeah, when yeah. she was chewing scenery around Jean Renault and Gary Oldman, she was twelve and pulled that off. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of it's a lot of it goes down a direction, but at the same time, like you said, like and she got better as the ser- as the series went on. Not great, but she got better. Yeah, that's debatable. It's just well, yeah, that's debatable. I don't yeah. know if she. But got I think better. I think honestly, it comes down to the writing and the writing and the direction. And if you have a, a garbage script and a director that wrote that script that is like, no, 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 this is how I want it to be. You smile and yeah. nod, you cash the check, and you do what you need to do. It's true. It's telling when even a robot has really bad lines. Yeah, she's uh, she's perfectly normal, but I don't know. She died? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's having babies, though, so. 
you know, there's that. Heart was broken. Uh, sorry, Hawk. Did you ever... Oh my god, sorry, Hawk. Yeah, we keep cutting in. I know, that I know, but there's so much to cut in on here. Um, <laughs> yeah, for him to, you know, to give him the the most important role in the the you know the last yeah, two films, and yeah. that, you know, it uh, it just doomed it. Um, yeah. You can you can say you know I know there was a lot of problems with the script and the the dialogue and the scenes and like everything that you know that went into making this film and that you know but mm-hmm. he's you know whatever he was given he managed to suck the life out of yeah. you know his mm-hmm. little rant in in episode two and that you know mm-hmm. and not just the men but the women, women. <laughs> and the children too killed them all. Why hate them? Yeah, it was a hissy fit. There was no, there was no passion. No, absolutely. Yeah, it was a tantrum, and and that's like for me, I think that the honestly the biggest misstep they made with that was not casting. Like they should have had a different Anakin in every film. Yeah, you have like child Anakin, Anakin, you have teen Anakin. By the time he was a knight, they should have cast an an, an adult, like someone in their thirties. Yeah. Mm. See, whereas uh, I, th- I think they should have had one from the beginning, and they just use them across. Well, yeah. no, that, that's what I mean. If if you're gonna actually show like the aging and progression of Anakin from a child to a Jedi Knight, mm-hmm. they should have cast someone that not necessarily looked like the actor that played him in Return of the Jedi, but that was older. Yeah, because like, no. I mean, ultimately, like when Anakin finally gets gets his ass handed to him and gets put into the suit, he still looks like he's in his early twenties. Mm-hmm. and so and that's just for me was a great like i'm like there wasn't that much time that had passed because like, that mean would have put him in what his mid to late 30s by the time return of the jedi hit 40s mm-hmm. at the latest yeah you're right like, which mean that he aged real rough in that in that in that you know, suit suit <laughs> compared to everyone oh, yeah. else so i mean yeah, he, he really should have been period, in his mid to late 30s in that last yeah they i sh- feel like so, there should have been more time in between like yeah, Obi Wan looks so much older than those like fifteen, eighteen years since those events happened, right? Oh I guess yeah, we'll find yeah. out in the I, TV show. What well, happened. I, I, I yeah. think you can also argue the fact that he spent so much time on like just on Tatooine, not like just sort of in self-imposed exile that he just aged yeah. rapidly. But yeah, again, that was the issue I had. Is like it's I love I loved you and McGregor, but they either needed to age him way more, mm-hmm. or they yeah. should have aged him to now, right? Or like cast how he looks or, now. Or again, cast another actor for Attack of the Clone or for a uh, Sith, yeah. so that you see that their ages are closer matching. You know, so that in fifteen years, yes, they would look like Alec Guinness and you know uh, uh, Sebastian Shaw. Shaw, yeah, sure. Uh, later on, yeah. Um, Gus, any thoughts on uh, this? Well, I mean, on I kind of overarching that, thing. You know, I think that uh, I think. To me, the flaw is that you've, and we've said, said it before, you've condensed like all these timelines over three movies to try and catch up to everything else. You haven't really invested the time to develop the visual part of it. You've taken all the cool, you know, newest tech and can make, you know, a, a walking fish, you know, which is great. But you haven't really given us that tie-in because again, mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker as you know going bad all of a sudden is like it's almost like one of those like what happened? Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like it was it almost like a, it didn't even feel like a conscious choice. In that. No, it was just like a yeah. he's got to be bad now. So yeah. here it is, right? Like yeah. there's no. 
I don't know. That flip, right? Yeah, just, just didn't randomly. Yeah. Right. It, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's just hard to kind of, it's like one of those, those three alone could have been okay. Don't connect them to the middle three and then definitely <laughs> don't connect them to the last three. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Have them stand alone. That's yeah. why I liked the concept behind take characters out of these movies and develop maybe a franchise around them. Yeah. Right. This mm. Mandalorian idea. Like, I think this is really working out well. Mm. It's in the world. It's not the same character. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can have fun with it. We can, you know, our, well, it, cause it doesn't have any consequence on the overall storyline. So right. this way here, but again, mm-hmm. when you, when you squish everything in and you, again, you have, you know, cardboard acting with, you know, or lack of direction. Well, it, you know, it kind of pulls people out of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel yeah. like um, the, if I was to blame anyone for what badness happened in the prequels, I would, definitely put all the blame on Rick McCallum, who's the producer on this film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been working with George Lucas since the Indiana Jones Chronicles, and he was pretty much just the guy going, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. you do that. Yeah. You do that. Yeah, yeah. You do that one, too. Um, it it yeah. really hurt when I saw, like, Steven Spielberg going on set and being like, oh, that's such a cool idea. Like, he's your best friend, man. Tell mm-hmm. him how it is. Yeah. yeah. Tell him yeah. that that's a bad idea. You've seen this yeah. script, man. You know what good storytelling is. They, they, mm. There's a lot of, I don't know. Yeah, yeah people just wanted a piece of the, the pie, you know? Yeah. yeah. But even Steven Spielberg wasn't part of the pie. That's no, what that's bothers true. me even more. He should have yeah. been the one who yeah. was like, when they were planning out Indiana Jones, yeah, they, would like, right. they would be like, that's a bad idea. That's a good idea. And they told him how it is. But, like, but as they guess, as they got into their older ages, they're just like, yeah, do whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, Spielberg had gone through that whole, like, I'm going to change, you know, E.T., right? And yeah. then also, you know, I feel like I haven't watched a lot of his more recent films and everything up till uh, AI, I think, is really solid. But something went wrong there when he was making this movie for his friend, you know? And, and ever yeah. since AI, I don't know how if he knows how to end movies properly anymore. Like, a lot of his movies just really drag at the end for yeah. some reason. And, in, and it was after that one project, you know, so I don't know how that links in with any of this timing, but I don't, I maybe Spielberg just, just lost some, some kind of his edge, his blockbuster edge by the mm. point, by the, the point Lucas was doing the prequels. I don't know. Yeah. The blockbusters have kind of suffered in that, but he still, he was still capable of pulling off a really good, like human interest story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, cash, no, me still- you, cash me if you can was a good film in that. Um, there was another one. He did one very recently, and I thought it was brilliant. It was uh, Bridge of Spies. I think it's one probably yeah. one of his most under you know underappreciated works. Yeah, it's true. No, no, he's he's come out of all these years. I think better than Lucas, definitely <laughs> much better. Uh, financially, not as good though. No, true. well, yeah, no, that's but, the big thing, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. to me the biggest flaw was I think Lucas thought money, 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 money. I don't care about the story. Yeah. Right. By that by that point, they were two different people. I mean, like Lucas, you know, by that point, he was a tech giant more than the film. Yeah. 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 Whereas like ILM and Pixar and all of that stuff that he had started. He was was a guy sitting on top of a massive monopoly in that. But Steven Uh Spielberg was still a director in that. He he comes and goes at the pleasure of a studio. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, I don't know. Can I, I just want to add a couple more things yeah, into episode two. I mean, it's kind of all been said and we've been really ragging on these movies. So <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's pretty obvious that whatever happened didn't really work for us, but 
Um, I guess there was one, I have one specific antidote, a- anecdote, uh, because, you know, like Hawk was saying, we go in with the... Don't use the Brian Fossein one. <laughs> what? Oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, as Hawk was saying, we go into these movies with hope, right? And I mean, yeah, I, I came out of the episode one going like, huh, maybe Lucas isn't as, uh, as you know, much of a creative genius as I thought. And, mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, there's something wrong with the directing. I was just scratching my head a lot. Right. And, mm-hmm. and ever since then I've become more of a, more of a movie skeptic as I watch things, but mm-hmm. the second film, so I'm watching the second film and there was this scene that I debated with one of my friends and we were convinced that maybe there was something there. And it was, it was just another editing thing that we, mm-hmm. we were so desperate to read into because we were like clutching at crumbs. And it's the scene right after the surprisingly effective, uh, or visually anyway, uh, fight with Yoda uh, between uh, Dooku and Yoda, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, no, no, it's actually just before that, because mm-hmm. he fights the two Jedi, uh, mm-hmm. and he chops off Anakin's arm, right? Yeah. And Christopher Lee, because he's a venerable British actor, every single gesture, every single motion is loaded with energy and character. Uh-huh. He turns off his lightsaber, and then he sighs, right? And for some reason, we were so desperate to make something of these movies. My friend mm-hmm. and I were convinced that that sigh somehow connected him to Anakin, that like he was like Anakin's father, right? Or something like mm-hmm. we we're just like, why would he sigh with such resolve? Right. And it was all because, you know, the editing people just mistakenly left the shot in like, a half a yeah. millisecond too long. But that's how that's how absolutely brutal we were for like trying to milk this movie mm-hmm. or something. And so anyway, my point is, by the end of the third one, I knew that, yeah, it was, it was all a fallacy. Like there was nothing there ever. Lucas needed the advice he didn't take at this time. And, um, the one, one really good thing that came out of this was, uh, the robot chicken parodies. Um, you guys are talking yes. about this, 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 uh, uh the skit that we're going to link. Right. But I was so upset about these prequels for so long because of the failed potential. I think mm-hmm. that's, I think every yeah. one of us had this. Yes. And uh, the catharsis of the stupid robot chicken parodies of the whole series, like really kind of like loosened it up for me. So I'm hoping for that in the future. But that was really what I, being able to laugh at like the stupidity of uh, the, the gaps, because okay, that, that's what the one last thing I wanted to say. It wasn't until these prequels that the debate about why certain things happen in movies really started mm-hmm. to become prevalent. Okay? We're all like going, well, maybe that's, this is the reason for this. And even right now we're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. We're making up excuses for the fact that there's a problem with the film. You don't need to go into that much detail in the original trilogy. Almost everything is self-explanatory. Everything happens for a pre-established you know, reason, mm-hmm. but the prequels are loaded with gaps, right? Like, yeah. just, like even like the, with the scene that Hawk was saying, Anakin like as we're all kind of debating like how evil was he should he have been more evil all these things should not really yeah. be a question yeah mm-hmm. kills those people and that scene ends so abruptly right basically mm-hmm. he admits to murdering all these people <clears throat> yeah you mm-hmm. see like natalie portman wow. sort of like you killed, like you killed wow, a bunch of kids psycho, wow. right <laughs> and it cuts to something else completely yeah. right and the, that's the whole problem with these these films it's like all these yeah. weird vignettes but Lots of gaps, you know, and yeah. you report them to the council to for God's sake. So to Jeez. me, that's another legacy of the prequels yeah. for me is now whenever I have to answer questions that the film leaves yeah. because mm-hmm. of the prequels, I know it's because there's something just the films are not good. It's just yeah. a problem. I sort of want to go back on that Anakin Padme scene where he sure. <laughs> tells her it's it's weird that there's no repercussions. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. her that. Right. Mm-hmm. She was just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Let's go save. Uh, let's go save our friends over yeah. there. Oh yeah! By the way, I love yeah. you. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, she oh, should have moved her. out after that. Like, yeah. we're like, <laughs> I'm going to go find them. a hotel in Maz Eisley. Thank you. Right? Like, come yeah. on. You don't know. No. You take your ship and you leave. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was there with her. But, yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're, or talk to Obi Wan or Yoda or somebody and let them know. By the way, yeah. he went on kind yeah, of a murder spree. I found the I great think... disturbance in the force. <laughs> right this here. guy right here. Yeah, this guy. I don't think he's supposed um, to be doing this, but I just no. wanted to run him by the council just in case that was a a good thing. Oh. Yeah. Is this oh. a dark side thing or is yeah. this? A I don't really get your hokey religion, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a senator, you know. That's right. I mean, I know <laughs> this sort of thing happens all the time. I mean, I know you guys <laughs> saved my life, like you know, ten years ago. But like, uh, is this okay? Yeah. What proof that politicians can really butter whatever, right? <laughs> but all, I mean, I I can go back to the fact I had a major issue with the fact that Padme was the the father of the, or the mother of the twins because I'm like, you knew him when he was six. Like, that's, <laughs> but that's she was yeah. Crazy. He was nine and she was 12, I think, was this supposed to be the uh, age difference. Sure, but that's and not how that read on screen. At all. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Like, right. at all. Like, she looked like she was in her late teens and he yeah. was like six. I'm like, yikes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Either that or good job, buddy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, talk about. <laughs> yeah. Up, your weight class, yeah. But like, <laughs> no, okay. Okay, well, I think this. Yeah, sorry, I guess I'll throw one more thing. I think it was fairly obvious one of the, you know, yeah, we were ragging on Hayden, but. That whole love story, like right from what you're talking about, Matt, with like this weird like kid thing, you know, all yeah. the way to the end. Hey, it's like, you? who actually thinks this is a good love story? Like yeah. no one above the age of 12 would write a love story yeah. that way no. with yeah. those types of turns and that type of like, I just, yeah, yeah. it's it's a pathetic love story. <laughs> that it's, middle it's, sequence. It's a in, love story yeah. that comes from the man that had a brother oh, and yeah. make out. Yeah, that, oh. that that middle sequence in Attack of the Clones where he's like romancing her on Naboo. Oh, where they go for the picnic and they're frolicking. The and yeah, he almost clouds. gets run over. Yeah, and the, yeah. And, the, and the orange cutting and feeding her mm. with the force. Yeah, uh, <laughs> totally. That sounds really bad, but oh, it's so awkward in it. And you're, yeah, yeah, totally. It's like a total 12-year-old and like, also fanfic. comes out of nowhere because like at the very beginning, she was kind of like, oh, hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah. yeah. High five, dude. You're here to keep me safe from assassins that are coming after me. Let's no. do it in the field. Like, it yeah. just, yeah. like no... it just, exactly. It shows like, it shows you, no, and I don't know if this is Lucas's fault, but assuming he wrote all that, that he really doesn't understand male, female relationships. If he actually thinks that a girl who shows disinterest is actually playing hard to get that whole time. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there's, there's no indication <laughs> of any real connection, right? Like every step of the way that relationship is awkward and yeah. like, yeah. Totally told from from a male, a very immature male's perspective. Yeah, it's like I, I you're like, in the friend I, I zone. Could, you're in the friend zone. Yeah. You're in the friend zone. You're having sex. You're in the friend zone. You're yeah. in the friend zone. Like, what's going on here? You're in the friend zone. You're mad. You think she's cheating on you. You murder her. Like there's a. Yeah. There's a <laughs> where where is Padme? You you killed her. No. So when I left episode three. My brother-in-law called me because I saw it at midnight and he's like, oh, what'd you think of the movie? And that was the thing I said. I went, no. You'll, you'll understand when you see it. <laughs> and he understood. Um, so we've been, honestly, we've, that, yeah. that sequence was the best encapsulation of every, of every fan's feeling by the end of episode yeah. three was just, <laughs> no. Sorry, one more aside. Um, yeah. 
when because I okay, we've been talking about like Newt Gunray and the Nymodians a lot because they mm-hmm. were just such a bad idea, right? Yeah, and they surprisingly became less Asian in the second movie. You notice yes. how like only Newt still had the accent, but yeah. every other Nymodian spoke perfect English after that. Yeah, shockingly, kind of strange. Turned on a dime after that. Yeah, but for me, my my cathartic moment within the films was when like uh, Anakin mows down uh, everybody and Newt Gunray goes down. I actually laughed out loud. That yeah. I, I still do i still do i know it's wrong but i'm just like that was like it's not even because he's a racist character it's just because he's such a bad character you know yeah. he's just not he's just he's he's the epitome of everything that's wrong with the the prequels you know mm-hmm. and and just yeah. to see him go down like a like a sack of hammers like that was fantastic yeah. <laughs> so we've been crapping on the prequels for a while was there anything good that came out of them like are there sequences or plot points that you thought was oh that's sort of neat that was sort of good I appreciate um, that now with 15 years of age. No, oh, it had some, I had some amazing action sequences, like hands down. Like, and that's again, part of what irritated me is it felt like they were just really stilted, uh, emotionally underdeveloped scenes that went, that led between the fights that led you to yeah. a fight. Cause you knew you had to have these, like there was going to be these, these duels and these massive fighting scenes, which were really well shot and really beautifully done. And I thought they were, those were great. Especially because you get to see like actual proper Jedis in their prime doing what they do. So we um, had to wait till the third movie really to get the full effect of that. But yes, I agree. Yes. Um, and also you got to actually see the Jedi Council. Like you actually got to see yeah. kind of how the Jedi, like sort of, and again, it was the waning years of the Jedi Council. So it was kind of in its, in past its heyday, but in its, waning years yeah but you got to see how it worked and you got to see you got to see another yoda you got to see they introduced yaddle albeit briefly in episode one but you got to see yeah, that yoda know. wasn't the only creature of that species which was kind of yeah. cool mm-hmm. and that there were other other force years that weren't just old white british men yeah because you know samuel l jackson that was yeah. stunning <laughs> so appropriately cast yes and again, I will say as much as it was, you know, a Sam Jackson caveat in his contract, it also led us to the, there are more than two, there are more than two lightsaber colors or more than three yeah. for that matter. You got yeah. something, there's all, there's multiple colors that exist out there in the yeah. universe and that they created canon based off. I want Someone to wanting to a my, purple. <laughs> I want to pick yeah. myself out in a fight. So give me a purple lightsaber because it's my favorite color. Yeah. Cool. But they found a way to make that into yeah. this wonderful, lush story. Yeah. See, I like that they, as much as I'm, you know, kind of nagging a little bit, but I, I like that the tech evolved enough to allow for the next generation mm, yeah. to really push the envelope. I mean, the movies that, that we're, we're all watching now, I mean, all the Marvel stuff, any of the yeah. movies that come out now, like that's all because Lucas. So yeah. I mean, as much as Very his storytelling, true. you know, sucked, for mm-hmm. some of this stuff, like mm-hmm. he's pushed the envelope and he's really pushed mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. tech, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and it's really made it so that when you go see a movie now, and I mean, I'm one of those guys. I can go see almost any movie and find the good in it mm-hmm. for the most part. There's yeah. a few movies that I can't, but you know, <laughs> uh, but it's one of those things where I think you you know, being able to develop things that just are so cutting edge, and even now, like. The the other two movies, hopefully the this, this like third one will be even more tech heavy in that sure. sense. Like, but 
it's just to me that's been sort of you know as much as the story might have sucked it visually was just absolutely amazing like, that's true just, yes. it's gone head and shoulders above what we could have ever imagined in 77 like it's yeah. and it's yeah. not that far gone really when you think about it mm-hmm. right? yeah. In the way he portrayed mass battle sequence, fantasy yes. battle sequences, and that you know, it's mm-hmm. like that was pretty innovative for the time, and you can see where that kind of pushed mm-hmm. on films in two thousands and on. You know, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. one more thing I will say is that as underwhelmed as I was by some of the choices and the style of the droid army and the clone troopers and that, when mm-hmm. I watched the you know the the prequels and that, um, all that stuff kind of it when I played it really played out better in future media of star wars mm-hmm. yes because yes. like yeah you know, one i you know i still fondly think back of like you know, when i first got battlefront 2 and then playing it was like you know mm-hmm. in droid and clone armies and that you know yeah it was it you know it was a lot better. yeah 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 i agree the, the amount of sorry eric I, no 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 i agree that they you know like i was saying before at least the prequels did try to do something new and they did put a little bit of design effort into it and you know like i can kind of believe the clone troopers are like a, a pre proto stormtrooper you know yes. like they were different enough you know mm-hmm. and they actually were different things you know like entirely but at least like the evolution of the armor you know and mm-hmm. uh yeah and like yeah despite that you know i don't like episode 1 um to think that that battle with the Gungans and the droids is entirely CG. There's no human beings in that, you know, at all. Mm-hmm. It's still fairly effective. Like, you know, it's not hundred percent now, but it does look good. It holds up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the opening sequence of the shuttles dropping in episode three, like mm-hmm. that, that impressed the hell out of me because we'd never yeah. seen anything of that scale, right? Rebel yeah. assault. It's always like a handful of X-wing, you know, that's yeah. it. Right. Uh, until, you know, return of the Jedi. So not since return of the Jedi, had we seen a fleet action. And uh, yeah, it looked great. It did, you know, yeah. so yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, no, definitely some impressive uh, yeah. visuals. Could you imagine um, the tech? Like they haven't really pushed anything in the last 20 years as much as that the 77 to 99, Yeah, right? Could you imagine if he had been pushing from that, that point on to now? Yeah. Like, oh, I, I can't even imagine. Insane. Like ILM has done amazing work. They still have, but mm-hmm. I think when you think of George Lucas, he thinks of things that you can't Sure. Yeah. Pushes that, and he wants to figure happen. Yeah, yeah, and they'll they'll figure it out because he's yeah. George Lucas, and they're yeah. like, yeah, okay, yes, master, we'll do it. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to the 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 good of the the prequels, um, I think the the talk between Palpatine and and Anakin in the opera was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I I yeah. love that sequence. I think that was the only scene where Hayden Christensen really acted because you uh-huh. can see him. Being like, I don't know if I should be going towards the dark side, but I, I think that's the only way I could save my family. Uh-huh. There's, there's acting there is where yeah. I'm going with that. Um, mm. And, you know, the act, uh, Ian McDiarmid is always yeah. wonderful. And that was his mm. moment in all of the movies. This is yes. his moment. Yeah. yeah. I think, but I think there was enough substance in that scene, though. And the scene <laughs> is well written enough that it, it, it worked, you know, more mm-hmm. than anything. But yeah, I agree. That's a, that is actually a powerful... A scene despite that yeah it's got a lot of cg in the background and everything mm-hmm. but it actually lends itself to the yeah. sort of the creepy you know intimate conversation yeah. the alien you know situation of it well and that's uh, i will definitely say i think ian mcdermott definitely was one of the highlights of that prequel trilogy yeah is yeah. watching is especially watching him sort of flip back and forth between like you know relatively benign you know senator and then chancellor palpatine and then when he finally had starts to have that turn in three where you see, you see Darth Sidious come out 
right? Mm. Yeah. And then those moments, I mean, aside from the, uh, the unlimited power ridiculousness, <laughs> yeah. that also was not, and that bothered me because they didn't explain what was going on with yeah, that. Just gaps it, it everywhere. It was weird that he just switched his voice to that. I was like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. come on, you should have just done your regular voice. It would have probably been better. But then, and then the yeah. whole, like, you know, the aging and all that, but whatever, blah, 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 blah that's whatever. But still, he his performance carried through consistently. Yeah, you you, you watch that transition from you know, Sheev Palpatine into Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. yeah, you know what that scene reminded me of uh, from from A New Hope in that when Luke and Obi Wan had those conversations about you know the Jedi, what they were, yeah. and the Clone yes. Wars, and that you know it, uh-huh. it, it it harkened back to that for me. And that and I, I think that was always one of the kind of the cool things about the mm-hmm. the original was that kind of like that interaction between the young and old and that and knowledge from the past and that being yes. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. um i will also end this little section with um i think john williams did probably mm. his best work yeah with the prequels yes. um he had created these motifs in the the original trilogy but he expanded them created new mm-hmm. ones yes he he turned the imperial theme into something joyous and young for anakin yeah and yeah. then mm-hmm. you could slowly hear it turning towards the dark side into the yep. minor modes um, mm-hmm. through the trilogy and his idea of using duel of the fates he knew what that was for and you hear it in the first yep. film mm-hmm. but you don't realize that the, the duel the fate duel is actually Yoda and Palpatine right yeah. you assume mm-hmm. it's gonna be like Jedi versus just Jedi versus Seth, maybe Obi-Wan and Anakin but you don't yeah. expect that to be the, the mm-hmm. big thing yeah yeah um, I think Across the Stars, which is the love theme, the unfortunate yes. love theme. The, 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 sorry, the love theme for an fortunate love sequence. <laughs> yes. in, uh, Attack of the Clones is probably one of the most yearning yes. songs. Like there, It's so well done. And you can hear this um, back and forth between the two characters in just music. Like John Williams is a genius. And I'm sad that he's retiring after episode nine, but he's old. And yeah. I'm, I'm this for a very long he, he time. He needs to rest, and he's done magnificent work. I don't mm-hmm. think the the sequel trilogy has given him no. anything to really work with. Unfortunately, because like when he started working on the prequels, he knew where things were going. Yeah, and that was the good thing about George Lucas. He's like he gave them examples because he knew where they wanted one thing to go to. Yeah, so yeah. he created these motifs to lend mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, he and, planned it out. Yeah, and that's the genius of John John Williams. Um, yes. So, I feel like that is the end of our first part. We have a lot to talk about, so we're mm-hmm. going to go into the, the Disney years pretty soon. Yeah. Um, that's going to be in our second half. So, thank you guys for coming on. The next episode will be really soon. And I hope <laughs> you guys come back to hear us talk about how Disney did stuff to Star Wars. <laughs> so, have a good night. See you guys soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.